from a radio studio on Long Island, New York. Come two diehard fans of the greatest rock and roll band hailing from Hollywood, California. Dissecting all things Guns N' Roses and anything else in their distorted minds, it's Brando and Scotto. Cause you know what the fuck you are! And this is Appetite for Distortion. Try it again! And welcome to the podcast. My name is Brando. This is Appetite for Distortion. And with me is... I'm, jo- I'm Miller. Johnny Miller. John? <laughs> you would say it. Like, uh, we said you looked like Agent Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah. From The Matrix. I've, yep. Say, say Mr. Anderson was. Mr. Anderson. There you go. There you go. Well, that <laughs> voice is John Miller. It is not uh, Ian Scott. Oh, don't worry. Ian is still half of this show. Uh, Ian, last night, as we're recording this episode... Eight, I believe, was in South Dakota seeing Docket. I mean, and he, we were talk, texting last night, and we're, we're probably going to get on Ian later on in the episode to give us a, a fresh recap of it. Uh, he said some guy with, like, no teeth went up to him and be like, you came from New York to see this? Well, you one crazy bastard. <laughs> and he is a crazy bastard. And he'll go into it, and, and he was texting me pictures to set the scene because uh-huh. I'm looking forward to Ian giving us the, the full review of uh, the one American show Dokken played was it was in this very small venue that was part venue of course uh, radio station uh, pool hall I think uh, shooting range tattoo parlor pawn shop like this real like and, and for a lack of a better term I apologize a white trash kind of atmosphere which probably was awesome it sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. I want a place like that here on Long Island. So we're going to talk to Ian a little bit later. And uh, I want to thank John Miller for, for coming in. If you missed, uh, I believe, might have, what, not like it matters, either episode four or five that you were on. It's either four or five. I think it's probably four. I will say this. Uh, according to our numbers, it is the most listened to episode of Appetite for Distortion. And, and, you know, I like that. Which either means it was that good, or you have a lot of friends, or a lot of free time. <laughs> well, whatever it was. It was a good episode. Uh, the reason... And it's so funny. This is the fir- like the second full real conversation you and I are going to have. Yeah. Because we met through one of Ian's friends. Right. Schultz. Yeah, who's a professional photographer who's mm-hmm. photographed. And then that's in our first episode who's photographed uh, Guns N' Roses shows and, and Slash and, and, and Guns N' Roses just in personal, personally, uh, which is awesome. And he's like, no, you got to talk to this guy, John Miller. He's <sighs> doing this uh, documentary about young Axl Rose. Mm-hmm. So if you missed that episode, you want to catch up on what's going on, or at least the whole precursor to that, I advise you listening to, to, to it. But what have you been up to since? Anything? Because you left off, I believe, looking for a, a director? Uh, or, yeah, yeah. Um, or you had I'm the screenplay? I'm still doing that. Okay. I, ha- I have the script. I mean, I have many versions of the script. It, you know, Every time I think that I'm finished, I start working on it the next day. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine what that's like, because I've tried, and at some point I will eventually put out my, I don't want to call it a memoir mm. for a lot of reasons. I am not that important to have a memoir, but it just involves like my, my grandfather and, and, and depression with certain people. And there's a lot of elements that I, I, I can see if it wasn't me, it would be a good story. And I've rewritten it and, re- and there's so much work that goes into it. Yeah. And just the scrap. Like, I don't know if you've ever just said, you know what, all of this sucks. I'm going to start over from scratch. Yeah. In a way, I mean, um, okay, you, then I, 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 build, I build upon it, you know, like, okay. all right, I'll, I'll, I'll 
throw scenes out, whatever. I mean, um, but you've done your research, like you visited uh, Axel's hometown, yeah. mm-hmm. which is just, mm-hmm. I mean, that's dedication. So you're not just, you know, from your your love and passion for the band, you, yeah. you, you've you've was, gone out there. Yeah, because I mean, I think the reason I, I would do something like that is I was just fascinated by the whole story. Um, I, you know, I felt the only way that I could know it was to to experience it, to you know, to see the world around me, in which I could have only imagined before. I'd, I had never been to Indiana. I have relatives in Ohio. I guess that's mm. the closest place to it. But um, but no, I mean, I, 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 my visions of Indiana before I went there were like out of Children of the Corn. <laughs> you know? Sure. And uh, I just think of Bobby Knight. You know, I don't. Oh I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think of. I don't know what to think of, and I just think of, of Axl Rose, uh, who has really reinvented himself. Mm-hmm. He. This is the year of Axel, 2006, mm-hmm. 2016, Jesus, um, where he's kind of like the comeback player of the year if this was a, a sport, where people's image of him is just what they know of him from when Guns N' Roses broke. Not many people know of the bands that he wasn't briefly beforehand that you are talking about mm-hmm. in Rapid Fire mm-hmm. and just what he was like as a kid. And that's kind of why... I always was fascinated to where the anger came from, not just the sound, right. but just like the the rough childhood that he had. Well, I, I feel like those those things were related. Like hundred percent, the, the voice the voice is completely a part of. It's an the, extension of yeah. his soul. I mean, it, seriously, I mean, it 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 comes out of how he was of himself, his soul, and how he was affected. I, I would imagine. I mean, I you know, and all of this is just my imagination. I mean, I. I haven't spoken to him. I haven't, you know, I, I haven't spoken to any family members that are living. Um, I just get impressions from other people, and uh, that adds to the allure, I think, especially while he's still alive, because you can do stories on people who have passed. How I still haven't seen it. Uh, the Jimi Hendrix movie that came out a few mm-hmm. years ago with Andre 3000. Obviously, Jimi died quite a while ago. Um, but you know, same thing with the Doors movie. You, right. you, you have you like to believe this is what it was like, and there are people who. Are alive now that knew him, but then again, mm. it's not really that person. Yeah, and and the problem is, um, I am. <laughs> in order to do the research, I have to be somewhat invasive, and mm-hmm. sure, so you have I'm, to be a journalist. I know, and it, it's. Uh, <sighs> It, I don't know. Is it uncomfortable? It, it, is it and because I, you respect the man that you don't want to be invasive, but you need to no, know? Well, I, it's not uncomfortable for me because I'm a fan, but you you quickly um, feel the resistance from the people that do not want you to invade that privacy. I get it. And these are the closer friends. Because um, they don't, I'm assuming because they don't know you. Yeah. I mean, who am I? I mean, like, you know, just what, like. Just what's like, your agenda? Exactly. Um, and because you got to look at so much, or so, there's been so much uh, dirt written about him that most likely isn't true at all, mm-hmm. and it it comes out of and this is it comes out of people's own desires to promote themselves, uh, to act like insiders. We're gonna get into um, that later, right? And and that's that's the tough part. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but I you know I. I, I've 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 grown to understand this more as time has gone on, and this has been going on for six years now. And uh, at first, it all seemed so simple, you know, mm. like well, let's do a movie. Uh, who wouldn't want a movie? Well, I mean, 
I have to ask that question myself. Would I even want somebody, some stranger to come up to me and say, you know, um, I, I want to do a movie about your life. Mm. Well, I mean, this is a movie. This is something that's not going to go away. Right. And th- these are big decisions. And people are going to take that movie as fact. Right. That that's a true account. Whether it's a book, you have the unauthorized uh, biographies and autobiographies and uh, th- those made-for-TV movies, or you have, you know, how many Steve Jobs movies are there out there, which mm-hmm. is more accurate. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to invest in on from all angles, from you, mm-hmm. from them. So um, the fact that you've been sticking with it, though, for this long is mm-hmm. uh, is good for you. Mm-hmm. It'll happen. It, it I may, believe it. Well, it, yeah, it's, I enjoy it, but it, I think people in my life uh, are getting <laughs> a little tired of it. Um, don't they usually say that though about like some of these geniuses? Like when you get obsessed with something and everyone around you is like, no, no, you gotta stop. Like, no, no, focus. The next thing you know, I don't know, like the the, the statue of David is made or whatever. Well, I mean, uh, my wife and I are flying to LA on Tuesday. Okay. And we always stay with her uncle out there. I, I, it's, you know, he's he's family out there and he lives in this house, which is kind of my dream house, you know, up, up on the hill overlooking the valley and all that. And so I called him up about three weeks ago when uh, we were thinking about doing this. And, you know, of course he's going to say yes. But then on the phone, I heard him say to her, uh, this is really just a disguised axle <laughs> trip, isn't it? And so, I, you know, I yell at him over the speaker. I'm like, no, come on, man. I mean, sure, a little, of course. But no, no, we're coming to spend time with you. I mean, I do like spending time with him, but this thing's about L.A., that I it's, it's, care about. You know, it's just the icing on the cake. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I get it. I yeah. get it. Because how can you not think about it, at least? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could talk about it. Uh, at some point, and uh, I just wanted Ian he- to be here for it, because uh, we were going to try to reach out to Sebastian Bach, who's playing a show uh, here in Long Island soon. And just to talk to somebody like that, who's been friends with Axel for a while, or, and, and, and I don't know if you've reached out to him. I mean, he hasn't known Axel since uh, the time period that I, you're doing, but it can give you I more. haven't tried that hard. Okay. I, I had the, I mean, at all, if, if I did. Um, I just, with him and just what I've heard, I felt like he would be a much more protective person that he would dismiss the idea right off the bat, or, or he wouldn't. I don't, I don't know. I like the guy. You know? I am too. I, and I know uh, you can actually hear an interview on the station I work for, WBAB.com. Uh, mm-hmm. um, one of our, our air guys, uh, Fingers, did an interview with him. And he's a, he's a fun guy to talk to. Mm-hmm. He's always defended Axel. I think he was somebody uh, who, I think it was him who said, and we'll get into how, because we both went to the uh, ACDC Axel Rose show, uh-huh. Axel DC, uh-huh. at Madison Square Garden, where all these positive reviews have been coming out. And I believe it was Sebastian Bach who said, I bet you he's enjoying he's enjoying this because what he likes to do is prove people wrong, and he has proved everyone wrong. Yeah, and I think that's where he's always his stance is on Axel that he knew what Axel is capable of, who he is, and all these years he's just kind of not defend Axel. I mean, he does, but I think he he didn't do it where to go above and beyond because he's like he's Axel Rose. He doesn't need that much defending. Mm-hmm. But if someone says shit to me and wants me to say shit, I'm like no. No, I'm not going to say that because this is this is my friend. Right. That's how, that's the impression I've always gotten with uh, Sebastian Bach mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uh, from him. So maybe at some point we'll, we'll talk to him. But I'm thinking the amount of people that you've spoken to to kind of get an idea about Axel. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I will tell you this before I forget. Yeah. To show you how crazy I am because I, I know you've been a GNR fan longer because you're older. So it's right, your right. parents' fault, not my parents' fault. All right. Um, I had a dream about him, not in like a whole you know about Axel. Yeah, not in, in a weird way. 
I mean, it's all it's weird, but not in a sexual way. Uh-huh. Uh, this was like two nights ago. <laughs> I wasn't assuming it was a sexual way. All right, that's my Freudian slip. <laughs> um, I was dreaming I was going to a house party, kind of like a, a That 70s Show kind of party. Uh, there weren't a lot of people there, but I, I knew Axl Rose was going to be there, and I wanted to meet him. I just wanted to be his friend. Mm-hmm. Just be, I just want to be friends. <laughs> I don't know, to trade baseball cards or whatever. Right. And uh, I snuck into the house, and it was like a, in a basement, like a nice basement, that 70s show kind of basement. Mm-hmm. And Axel had uh, the kind of cornrows, but not. But they were more of, uh, not what he had, but they were like thinner cornrows, maybe like what DeBrat had. <laughs> like what, Remember the rapper DeBrat from like the 90s? Uh-huh. He was still around. Whatever. If you get that reference, you probably think I'm even more of an idiot <laughs> for bringing this up. But like these weird braids, cornrows, and he sees me, and I'm like very confident, confidently introducing myself. Hey, I just want to meet Axel. Axel sees me, and he seems really upset. And then he kind of just whispers to his friends, and then he just leaves. And he was because he was skittish. I found out after that he thought he was. And I came in, and he was singing, he was dancing, he was having a good time with his friends. And uh, apparently, I just invaded in on the privacy, like of him just being himself. And uh, who is this outsider coming to see me? I'm gonna mm-hmm. leave before I can show my true self to him. And then I guess kind of, well, I'm like, oh, you know what? I I I I impose. I'm saying this to uh, Axel's imaginary friends in my dream. Oh, I'm sorry, I impose. I should leave. And his friends like, no, no, no. You're you know, you seem cool. Just hang out for a bit. And, and then I did. And then eventually, uh, I I was gonna leave. And one friend uh, of his just kind of like called me out for being like a weirdo, and then I woke up. So that's my Axel Rose dream that I felt like I needed to share. Why did that happen? What does that mean? Does that mean like I want to have like gay sex with him? No. Okay, good. Oh. <laughs> what, does that, what does that mean? I was like, I woke up like, wow, because a lot of my friends, you know, other than you know you or Ian that are real GNR fans, would be like, you got a freaking problem. I mean, I have fans I like too, but. You know, you, you go above and beyond. And yeah. now when I'm having dreams, oh, I don't know what to... Well, is, mean, if, anyone, I, if anyone is a dream... Uh, what would you call the word? I'm not a, dream expert? Maybe. Yeah, sure. Like, my, my own theories about dreams for myself is that whenever I have a really revealing dream or something that stands out, is that I'm, I need to teach myself a lesson, something that I can't, I can't understand when I'm conscious. So I'm wondering if it's me trying to be too invasive. Uh, people trying to find may, out about it. Maybe them. so. Um, which I have a tendency to do. All right, thank because, you. Because thank I, you, Dr. Miller. You, you are welcome. I'm because <laughs> I, I had a similar experience while I was asleep once. Um, somehow I, I walked into, I don't know if it was, a, it was either a party or it was a backstage kind of event, and I see, I see him uh, sitting on a table. Axel? Yeah. Oh, so you also had an Axel yes. dream. Yes, oh, all right, 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 right. And, uh, and he's standing there. With Beta, mm. and um, and I, you know, I walk over. No one's really stopping me, and I introduce myself and tell him, you know, what I've been doing, and uh, and I say, you know, I've been I've been researching you for several years, and he just looks at me and says, um, what does that mean? <laughs> I'm like, oh god, you know, what does that mean? You know, like, what does that mean, research? <laughs> I have your baby teeth. I have your yeah. I, mean, I have like, a lock of your hair. <laughs> so it, it, I masturbate to your videos. <laughs> That's funny. 
Wow. Yeah. Did you yeah. wait? Was anything else happen after that? Or you? No, no. That that was really it because uh, <laughs> I think I woke I myself up. Brilliant, you know? brilliant. I, I like how we just found that out mm. about each other just mm-hmm. now. <laughs> that was organic. That we both had dreams about Axel. Not in the sexual, but I think way. it's good. But maybe I, somehow. I, well, I believe in the sincerity of it. That like you, you are consciously aware of uh, when you when you're actively trying to to do something like this or or, or a screenplay um, about another person's life. Mm-hmm. You know, they are uh, they're going to be affected by it in some way or another. Of course, you know, even those who say that no, I didn't read that book, I didn't see that movie. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. Or at least somebody told you about it. I don't want. I don't want to hear that crap. So um, I'm even more glad that I had you on because when because Ian right now, in addition to because we try to get these shows out every two weeks, and we've gotten. I appreciate the fact that you've listened to more than just your episode. Mm. So I know you're not an egomaniac, mm-hmm. and you give us some good feedback. I did hear it like three or four times <laughs> with no pants on. <laughs> um, Probably yeah. so. <laughs> That's what I'm rec- how I'm recording right now. They don't. <laughs> I can't. I can't see from here. Okay. Yeah, good. Um, so we try to get it out every couple of weeks because this is not our our job. We're not getting paid. At least, hopefully, not yet for it. You know, I work in radio. Ian works in radio. But as in your your job and whoever's listening, sometimes it gets to, the, to be the busy season. Mm. So he was. Word A, we may not be able to uh, record for a bit. And I'm like, that's that's cool. You know, we're still building this. We're active on social media. We're talking to people whenever you're ready. And it's like, you know what? Just do a, you can do a show by yourself. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to listen to myself talk. I mean, I don't know how my therapist does it. Like, I don't know. I don't want to hear myself talk for an hour. Mm. It's like, well, you could find someone to, to co-host with. And that's when you, you came to mind. Because especially since, like, that first conversation happened. Yeah. And because I even said, I'm like, I'm trying to think of, like, maybe, because there might be a show where Ian does uh, a show with a co-host. He's like, yeah, it could be, like, you know, Opie and Anthony, uh-huh. if, um, unless you fi- know where Opie and Anthony are, are now, which is a, a mess. So, no. I mean, there always has to be a good chemistry between people. So, that just proves it, that it's there, that we both had dreams mm-hmm. up at Axl Rose. <laughs> That's fascinating. And it also uh, segues into... The main, I guess, um, theme of this episode, mm-hmm. which is Axel DC. Yeah. We, we spoke about uh, Ian and I on a past episode, of course, leading up to it, because it was, it's was it been a story as long as the GNR reunion. Mm-hmm. Almost as long, right? Which I is, guess uh, beginning of April. Yeah. I, uh, which was, or maybe several days, but maybe a week or two before that. It was when he was spotted in- By TMZ. In Atlanta. Right, at a studio, and he was in separate. And when I, when, even when I saw that- and I'm hearing those rumors. I'm, uh, I, you'll tell me your reaction, mm-hmm. but mine was like, no way. It's not happening. So when you first heard the rumor, uh, I guess I guess I went through, that's that's not happening, and that would be weird, and mm-hmm. he's doing the GNR thing. What were your initial reactions to it? Well, I, w- I, was, I was concerned. I was a little confused. Um, concerned in what way? Concerned about- The voice? About, no, 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 not, not, was I? I don't think so. I was. Because... I'm like, his voice, now we know it's good, yeah. but was iffy for a few years. I'm like, how is he going to do this? Well, I mean, I, I've never been concerned about his voice, really. Um, I, you know, since we had only ever heard him do, as far as I know, Whole Lot of Rosie and Riff Raff, which both of them have always been fantastic. You know, Whole, right. whole Lot of Rosie since since 87. He started that when they did that. That's Hammer, one of my favorite ACDC tunes, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he killed it. I and mean, he even says in that one recording, he goes, I'm no Bon Scott, but this is a whole lot of Rosie. Or no, she's a whole lot of Rosie or something like that. And then he just tears into that song. Sure. And, uh, and you know, he, he's been performing it 
off and on, especially in the last, um, I don't know, since 2012, I think, when I started hearing it again, or 2011. You did a lot with what, the new guns. Oh, in 2010, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Ashba, I know he did mm-hmm. a lot, sure. Yeah, I'm not sure who was, I guess, who was, was taking lead on that one, if it was Fortis or uh, Ashba or Bumblefoot. I don't know. <laughs> but, so many. Yeah. But um, but anyway, so uh, he, when he was first spotted, like in Atlanta, coming out of a hotel or something, by some fan, the fan got his picture with him and all that, and there was reports about his new. He, he didn't have any facial hair, and, right. and he, he the guy said he was looking really fit or something like that. Right. And um, people were like, what's he doing down there? And they're like, oh, well, he's down there meeting with uh, some uh, writer of some movie. Um, I, 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 I assumed about soundtrack songs or something, and um, and then right after that, the TMZ shots came out of him of him coming out of the studio mm-hmm. and the other guys I'm like wow this is this this is for real he's he's trying out for ACDC and uh trying out he's auditioning for ACDC <laughs> you know and he essentially was yeah I mean there was talk of Rob Halford doing it oh, that I did not know uh, at least there was you know probably in one of the some one rumor that he, he okay. maybe he maybe he probably mentioned it or Bob somebody Halford. mentioned it because yeah. the only ones because that would be I mean that would be awesome but he that would just be weird. Well, you know what? I can't say anything because it would just. We'll get into uh, mm. my my view of Axel DC now. So that that's interesting. But I only heard mm. of, and they eventually I think badmouthed um, uh, ACDC and Axel Rose with, with the tribute band kind yeah. of the singers. Uh, well, that, yeah, that but like, like some tribute band thought the tribute band singer thought that he should be in. I mean, maybe he could do the voice or whatever. But um, and and I'll get to that in a second if I can remember. But like he uh, he when this became announced. I, I the the whole idea of the reunion had, or the reunion between between Slash and Duff and him right. was um first becoming was, real right it was hmm? it was becoming real it was coming it was happening I think I had my tickets by there or I this no this is this is pre pre um uh ticket buying I don't know I, I I'm getting kind of flustered here thinking about it because it was. Well, so it's, it's a ways back. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I'm like, how is this going to affect it? Like, he's he just started this thing, and now all of a sudden he's going to go do an ACDC? Like, what, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. He, he should just focus on one thing, you know? I agree. Right. And and so then um, that spy footage came out outside of Lisbon, Portugal, outside of the rehearsal studio mm-hmm. of Shoot the Thrill. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I found it hard to believe that what I was hearing was him. It sounded so good. And and he was he was really paying tribute to the way Brian Johnson sang. Like he he is making it his own, but he's also not veering too far away. Like he's yeah, he's paying tribute to Brian Johnson. He's he's taking his place in a respectful way, um, and not stealing it didn't it, I got all this just from that one little clip that and, somebody got on their phone. Right, that was just outside a studio. Right. So it was essentially a video of a wall, yeah. and you would hear kind of a muffled, but uh-huh. good enough to still m- tell that this is pretty This is pretty <laughs> good, man. And that's Fantastic like, is the word I thought. I mean, Fantastic for me came when those live shows first came out, and Shoot to Thrill is the song where I'm like, holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, I can't even say that any other way. It was, Wow. The, the, this is just like the best version of it I've ever heard, it. and that's no disrespect to to Brian Johnson. No. Uh, and it's just I, I'm like, this is actually happening, and this is something else I need to process in addition to the reunion. Mm. So, and then there was the the of course the the backlash where 
you know, it came out where it was like a Twilight, where there was instead of Team Edward or Team Jacob or whatever. I've never seen the movies. I guess no people, right? Uh, where it was like Team Brian, you know, or that's what people were starting to do. Like, I'm, I'm oh, right, right. that, you know, how can you do this? Mm-hmm. You, know, uh, you know, fuck Angus Young. Well, how can and, you do this to him? Well, well and, and of course, these are immediate reactions, assuming they fired him. Right. Um, and maybe it was, you know, Johnson was vocal and then he was very depressed about it. But it wasn't, you know, and he felt like he'd sort of been kicked to the curb. or But still, that doesn't necessarily mean anybody was fired. You know, you could, you could quit or be told by your doctors that you should stop and feel like you've been kicked to the curb because you're leaving something you've been involved in for, for f- nearly 40 years. Sure. You know? Um, <laughs> and it's but, it was his hearing that mm-hmm. they said if he would continue to perform live, he would become deaf. Right. Which is serious business. Yeah. Uh, and I've heard um, interviews with Jim Brewer, who's friends with Brian Johnson, where he records the same way he performs, where he just comes in, just screams it. his fa- a face off, smoking a cigarette, drinking whiskey. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to take care of yourself at a certain point, which I think is what Axel is doing now. Yeah. Um, and then the interviews, because, of course, Guns N' Roses doesn't really do press, but ACDC is a more professional band, I guess. I, I, and I say that with the utmost respect, but they're more press-friendly, I guess. So uh, when they had Cliff, uh, Cliff Williams, who is mm-hmm. now, of course, retired, mm-hmm. uh, Angus and Axel, uh, doing those, and you can we played some clips of them before on previous shows, and you can see them on ACDC's website, mm-hmm. uh, that they, they explained them. They seemed genuine. They didn't seem like they were changing somebody's, their their agenda. Like, no, you know, it's people are, it's like they're acting like we kicked him out, like he came to us, this is the deal. And, and Axel's like, it's not like I'm jumping for joy. And this is also, mm-hmm. he couldn't jump for joy because that's when he broke his foot. <laughs> um, because it's not like somebody's leaving on their own accord. It's just mm-hmm. like, I'm just filling in, you mm-hmm. know? And this is one of his childhood favorite bands. So you could tell that he was happy, like, wow, I'm doing this. But under, he wishes it was under better circumstances. So once that came out, I felt better because it was still weird to me because I wanted everything to be, because I've been rooting for Axel. Like, okay, he's changed. That's why he's back together with Slash. He's good boy, Axel. <laughs> you know, how how is GNR going to react to this? Mm-hmm. And of course, a couple weeks ago, uh, when Duff and Axel, and we played this, on, I believe, on the last episode, mm-hmm. uh, interviews uh, from it on Brazilian TV, mm-hmm. when Duff was like, when Axel was talking about ACDC, Duff is like, has a Huge smile on his face. He's what did like, you say? It was radical. Yeah, something? he's like, that's radical, man. He's like, turns into a Ninja Turtle all of a sudden. He's like, that's radical. And he's like, and, and him and Slash have come out to see a couple of shows. Uh-huh. And they said, it's, they, they flew to London to see it. To see, the, and I think the one of the original shows, and I believe they saw the last show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they sh- they, they, you could see them. Slash is, and his girlfriend is standing beside Fernando and Betta. Yeah, just you know, and, and that's that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's so cool. So I mean, leading up to where were you? Leading up to the um, the AC, like when did you did you buy tickets? Because also, I bought them as, as soon as they were available. I bought them. Did you buy them as ACDC mm-hmm. or Axel DC? Oh no, I mean, well, you mean because you no, mean after it was, he 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 joined? Because yeah, because if you no, remember, I bought it after he joined. Okay, because you may be I wouldn't say I don't have the number, so I can't even say you're, you're one of the few. But ACDC offered refunds, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, you, you paid to see this band." It's not exactly that. If you want to return your tickets, you can return them. Right. Uh, I had never previously seen ACDC. Neither have I. Uh, even though they're, and I think that's, that's, I guess that's good for our, uh, where we're going to get to in this conversation, where I've never seen them before, uh, so I have nothing to go off of. I've always heard they're great live. 
Um, bon Scott died probably maybe three years before I was born. I think he was died, died in, in 80. 80. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was 83. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I have no recollection of him other than just listening to like TNT on, on the radio mm-hmm. and YouTube clips. So I grew up with Brian Johnson as, as ACDC, uh, even though I like uh, Bon Scott's stuff better. And that's no disrespect to Brian. I guess something about Bond's voice and attitude I can feel in the music that's a little different that I just somewhat gravitate to more for whatever reason than Brian Johnson. And I love Brian Johnson. That's just me personally. But I had just never seen ACDC. The tickets are always too expensive. Uh, I, you know, conflict of with other things going on. What, blah, 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 whatever other reasons I haven't gone. So I had I did not buy tickets when I found out that uh, Axel was now heading. They're coming to the Garden. I was debating it, and I wasn't sure. And Ian and I had spoken about it, have spoken about our previous episodes. And we're like, are you going to go? Are you going to go? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, then I saw Guns N' Roses, the same show that you did mm-hmm. at MetLife Stadium. I got to see Axel again. All I right. got to see this, especially seeing all the clips of him out there. I'm like, you know what? This is an event. I want to go. So and I asked somebody uh, I work with at WBAB because um, we give away tickets. And I, it's not like that. Don't worry. It's not all like that in radio uh, listener people. I, we don't always get tickets to everything. We don't always have like extra tickets to give out. <laughs> that is not the case, because I actually tried to get tickets for the second GNR show at MetLife for free, and I could not get them. We gave them all away to actual mm-hmm. listeners. Uh, but my, my coworker here gave me his personal tickets, because he could not go. Wow. So, um, so then I went uh, with a friend of mine, and I'll, I'll just leave it up to there. From the tickets and where they were, so I want to okay. know like where you were. I was I, I got on the floor. I mean when when I bought the ticket, I got them. You know I, I get on, I get up at you know seven a.m. or whenever it starts, and and I've been up until four the night before anyway. And uh, <laughs> so animal. I get up, yeah, and, and I'm just waiting, and and I, and I jump on the first floor once I can get. I get two tickets for my wife and me, and then I'm like, eh, I don't know. Let me try it again. So then I get two more tickets. So I've got four wow. on the floor. I'm like, okay, I'll just I'll sell the other two, no problem. People will nab these up in a heartbeat. And uh, and so that was when they went back on sale after the whole refund thing. Okay. So these are must have been tickets that were because I think MSG was sold out originally. So the, these were band these that were, sells out. These were made available, and I think it definitely was sold out. And uh, so, so I got these tickets. So they may have been somebody else's tickets totally, yeah. that gave back. Absolutely. I think they, fa- they must have been. And Interesting. So I got on the floor. I think I was uh, section two or D or something like that. So I was on the floor a little bit back. Um, you know, I've had floor seats at other other places. I've never been on in the garden before the floor. So I was a little bit back. And, uh, for, you know, I think to the right and left of me, there was nobody and so I had some space. Cool. And my two other tickets I ended up selling to just Jason Schultz. Okay. And uh, and our other friend Johnny Hirsch, uh, he's a musician, uh, and that we've known for years. And so so they were back a little bit. And um, I mean, now, and so then, I, I, should I say it like, what my impressions now? Or well, I want to set up for me because you yeah. always get. Because uh, I want us to meet, or we're telling parallel stories. Okay. And I wanna, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want us to cry. You see what I'm going with? See, well, see, like, yeah, when I ended up seeing your Facebook shot, okay. holy shit. I okay, so here. I was told that they were going to be on the floor. And the only, I don't really, if I get floor seats, because I mentioned on the show before um, I'm handicapped, I don't like, I like to sit down, but if I get floor seats, and I'm, I mean, I'm not in a wheelchair or anything, I have, um, uh, you know, I'm like, I was like Axel Rose with the cane. That's mm-hmm. like how I am. 
uh, I like to be up against the the railings so something to hold on to because I can get knocked over easily. I'm easily mm-hmm. knocked downable, put it that way, mm-hmm. uh, which has happened uh, nearly at corn concerts and the suicide machines. I've been saved by friends. Those are stories for another time. Okay. Um, so I'm like thinking like, oh, it's ACDC. It's not going to be that crazy. You know, seats, it's an older demographic. It's not going to be crazy. I'm not thinking too much of it. And it's funny. The last time I was on the floor for uh, in Mad Square Garden, 2002. Nice. Guns N' Roses with Bucket, uh, Buckethead. Which I completely missed. And it was in the way, it was in the back. And I'm 5'6". I mean, it sucks. I mean, I can still see stuff, but mm-hmm. it's not like, I don't feel like, oh, I'm on the floor. I'd rather be a little high, higher up and be able to have a you know, look down or whatever. But mm-hmm. So I'm not thinking anything of it. So I go with my friend. Uh, she's the lead singer of a band you should check out, uh, Midnight Mob. Okay. I, I, and especially if you're a Guns N' Roses fan, I, I feel her voice is like if Glenn Danzig and Axel had a baby girl. Did you guys talk about her on the last couple episodes? We have mentioned it because I've seen them before, and they opened up for um, uh, Brad Whitford's band with St. Holmes, Whitford St. Holmes. They're like my. They're they Cause, are because y'all I, played some clips. I'm, I'm, not of not of them on this show. Okay, but I've, I've mentioned them before because uh, as far as like a local band, uh-huh. they, they they are my favorite because they have, and I have a lot of friends in local bands, so it's no disrespect to anybody else, but for whatever reason, like they. Or like, just like with Guns N' Roses, there's something that strikes a chord with me. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, we we go and I knew they're on the floor, and but I, I felt like with um, Wayne and Garth when they went in to go see uh, Alice Cooper with mm-hmm. the past, like, is this cool? Is this cool? Alice, is this cool? Yeah, come on in. And they said, yeah, no, keep going. No, you can keep going. Are you sure? And then we start to go up and like where the the stage. Wait, did you have a seat? Yeah. Okay. With the st- stage uh, jettisons out, is that the right word? Like kind of like uh, oh, the, the the extended stage. Yeah. Yeah. And we're starting to like walk past that a little bit. I'm like, what the? And then like, oh yeah, you can just move in here, and you're right there. So I'm like, I'm like, we're right by the stage. So we're you're maybe, right. Okay. We're right by the the part that sticks out. Uh-huh. Uh Maybe ten rows, you know, behind like from the stage. You know, something like that. But still, it's like, I, whoa, 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 what, what the hell is this? I've never been this close. Wow. I, I told my buddy who uh, got me, gave me a seat. So I'm like, if you want a hand job, what do you ever want to do? He's, he's like, whatever. We'll you got to be careful with we'll, we'll figure those it out. kind of uh, offers. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, said in jest, of course, <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> so then we got there just in time. So mm. I, was there even an opener? I don't even there know. There was. I went and missed it. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I had no idea. So mm. we get there. And I'm like about to take pictures of like and put us on on social media. And you can actually check out uh, the pictures I took at the beginning all throughout the show on uh, at the AFD show on Facebook and Twitter. And I put a blog up on on WBAB, and that's also on our, our social media and stuff. Whatever. Uh, excuse me. What am I, Howard Stern? <laughs> but I, I just had a strawberry milkshake from McDonald's. That's what. And now my my bro- oh, I, I've got burps I, coming. I, up, I, I taste like uh, strawberries now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> it's, it's, wow, I'm a weird person. Um, so we get there, and then lights go out mm-hmm. and it's like from start to finish whoa like what i can't believe what i'm seeing did you, did you had you been keeping up with the concerts that were being you know, the, yes okay so i essentially knew what they were going to play you know part of me always hopes like maybe they'll play a guns N' roses song maybe they'll have a special guest part of me always has that uh, even though there was no inkling that that would happen mm-hmm. uh but from start to finish and i'm not i know acdc's catalog as well as you can without being a super fan like i know everything guns and roses 
Uh, I know, obviously, they have a million songs on the radio. They've been played a million years. I know some of the deeper cuts, but not... Maybe of their catalog, I know maybe 65%, which is, I don't know, decent, depending upon, I guess, who you ask. So there's a lot of songs they didn't know, especially from even... No, I like Bon Scott better, but the Bon Scott stuff is not as commercial, I guess. Yeah, uh, did the, they the, the, ever the, have a number one hit until until Brian Johnson? Or, or at least were they... Were well, they I mean, the a, Highway to Hell stuff. I, for some reason, I'm thinking that... I mean, I could look that up as far as what what number one and stuff, but... Or, or just just their biggest hits, I feel, I started after Johnson for some reason. But I don't know this. This is just a guess. Uh, it, it's possible. Mm-hmm. And I think they really went to... And, and we'll get into this also if the direction, if our conversation directs uh, at least into this, into this uh, direction, rather, um, that Bon Scott died and they got a new, uh, it's not like they replaced somebody and they just blew up like essentially again and went mm-hmm. to this other stratosphere. And we can compare it to like Van um, Halen and things like that mm-hmm. later. Um, but just from the get go and seeing Axel, you know, he was the same, like, I guess he has his new way of dressing every time, like, he does like a tour. So now it's kind of like this rock and roll old west guy you know he wears that you know that that dark hat like mm-hmm. the guy from mortal Kombat or old west or whatever and just the ripped jeans and kind of like a baggy shirt baggy shirt and he came out maybe with a, a jacket yeah maybe a jacket cowboy boots right and uh he wore jim morrison shirt this time which i thought That's was pretty right. cool yeah and he just everything unlike with guns and roses and we'll compare six jesus like i think you have to burp me uh, unlike with Guns N' Roses, where there's a variety and a variation with his voice, mm-hmm. it can be high pitched, it could be low, it could be soft. It's just straight through right. rasp. He kept it the entire way. There's a smile on his face the entire time, like he's up there with his idols. And I was just, and how close I was. So I'm really trying not to have that influence my view. When I mean, my, of course, it influences my view of just the enjoyment of the concert, but just comparing it to, which we both can do since we saw mm-hmm. the same two shows in GNR and ACDC, uh, to affect my view of how his performance of it, where he just seemed to be enjoying it more. Where with GNR, he seemed to be like, I'm out on a mission, I'm going to punch you right in the mouth. This one is like, I'm going to punch you in the mouth, but I'm going to enjoy it mm-hmm. well, you know, I, a little bit. Think, and it was just, and how close I got. You go to, if, you, if no one, if you're listening, you haven't checked it out on our Twitter and our fa- Facebook yet. It's on at the, the AFD show. How close I was to Angus Young and Axl Rose. And it, it's just like, oh my God. Because you told me stories where you pseudo met Axl. Mm-hmm. I've never been that close to him. And I sound like such a, like, you know. Uh, like a teeny bopper, like I guess met Fabian or something. I guess met a Fabian reference on the GNR podcast. Fabian. That's weird. Like, ask your mom. Okay. Uh, so I got so close, and I'm like, that's Axel Rose. Yeah. Like, I can like almost touch him. <laughs> and in in a, again, a non gay, I'm not really building my case very well. Uh, but we it, all it, it, it was <laughs> therapy. Uh, it, it, just how close I got and how awesome the music was. It was a stellar show for me, start to finish. And it blew me away, and it has since re- given me a new appreciation and love for ACDC. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've been saying that I can't say that is is my number one favorite concert of all time, but I will say that it battles for number one with my other fa- with my other favorite, which was my first Guns N' Roses concert a decade ago at Hammerstein Ballroom. It was equally as exciting. Right, which you spoke about the episode that you were on, that that was your favorite show ever. Yeah. And that's 
that's what's interesting that it, it battles for it because I can't say definitively it's better than when I saw them reunite at MetLife mm-hmm. or when and I have to put this up there Velvet Revolver in New Jersey which was insane mm-hmm. uh, but it's battling it's up there and and just the fact that I just never in my wildest dreams think a Axel and Slash would play together again right and then within the same summer see Axel Rose front ACDC. Yeah. And essentially what maybe, and we'll talk about the potential future plans for them, could be ACDC's last tour ever. We knew Cliff, I and he has not. retired. I don't know. And that's, we'll get into that as mm-hmm. well, where, um, you know, Cliff has retired officially. So if they do continue, it's going to be Angus Young, um, Steve, Stephen Young, who's Malcolm's younger brother, I believe. A, he, cousin, he's actually or, their nephew. Or the cousin. Okay, a relative. I knew he was a relative. Nephew who looks... Just like him. Yeah. Just like him. So, uh, obviously, um, uh, Malcolm has uh, dementia, mm-hmm. which is sad. Uh, then I think he's also... I heard he has pneumonia as well. Jesus. And then, yeah. uh, of course, <laughs> you laugh at this. I'm sure you heard about Obviously, at this point, you know about Phil Rudd, who got a uh, house, um, he had house arrest mm-hmm. for threatening to kill his ex manager or his mm-hmm. manager. So now he. And wa- drug dealing, I heard. Yeah. And, but, and wants back an ACDC, but doesn't want to work with Axel Rose. Oh, because I'm sure Axel wants to work with you, asshole. Yeah. So it's so right now it's it's not everyone's got to have their say, you know? <laughs> right? So that's my impression. I left, and you could see videos of I got I think I believe the full songs of uh, TNT at Thunderstruck up there. A uh, whole lot of Rosie when mm-hmm. they they inflated the giant fat chick was so cool when the, the inflatable started like playing with herself. You're not gonna see that the Macy Day Parade, are you? Uh, <laughs> and all the pyro going off and and everybody around was just so into it. Like, there was no negativity there, no, like, where's Mm-mm. Brian? None of that. Well, you no. may have seen at a past Guns N' Roses show, where's Slash? None of that. Right. Everyone was in or love now, with that where's band. where's Izzy? Right, where's yeah. Izzy? None of that. I mean, even though that question arises, uh, but it's was it's not said in, like, the anger that past GNR shows. Yeah, it's, it's more of like, come on. It's, I, like, I, it's, it's an arrogant kind of, you know, yeah. gesture. Like, oh, look what we look what we can point out now. I, well, I'll bring my where's Izzy sign and distract <laughs> You know, it's so funny. Uh, Ian and I met up with one of his uh, old friends, his old camp counselors, who was wearing a Where's Izzy shirt. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was a cool dude. Reminds me of Otto from The Simpsons. Uh, hi, Jason. Oh, yeah, I think right. Jason it listens to uh, a lot. So <laughs> hi, hi, Jason. What's going on? Well, uh, but, so yeah. So what was your impression? Because well, I that, left. I mean, you know, I had been watching all the shows since they started since in May. But still, um, you know, I always wear earplugs because I've, I've, I still have tinnitus. Uh, one 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 of the things that I did, to, you know, I, I convinced I needed research um, of learning, you know, little bands starting up in smaller clubs around town, and so I was following some friends' bands playing in uh, at like uh, Don Hills and um, a couple you know, a couple of the venues around town, uh, just shooting them, shooting, making videos for them, and I went without earplugs so it permanently damaged my ears i think mm. and, and and then i also went to see uh adler's appetite later okay. that summer this is all in 2011 i did all these and did, did a lot of work and so i've got i've got tinnitus constantly this this high-pitched squealing that, that whistle sucks it won't go away and um so I, w- I wear my earplugs no matter what and i and i hate it because i feel like i'm not experiencing it as, as there's a, nothing you can do i thought they have medication for that <sighs> well i haven't I've, I've been lazy i've just you know, I've, it's again. It's kind of like, well, I, I have other issues that I just avoid getting fixed. You know, fair but, enough. But um, 
So I took my earplugs out. That when that when Rocker Bus started up, I I don't think that's a, a phenomenal song, but I think it's the a fantastic song to start. There's something so simple about that riff and the way Angus runs out on stage, pulls his hand up, and then just tears into it and gets the whole place going. And then Axel's first line, uh, hey, yeah, you know, and then are you ready? You know, like, of course. I mean, it's a perfect <laughs> yes, song to segue my into. God. It. I know. And just everything. And, and that's always been the thing where you hear about a lot of bands. Where and, and and that was never it's never been the case with Guns N' Roses where it's like the same song over and over again, mm. you know, especially with like the punk rock stuff with like the Ramones, the same thing ever. It's always like that. Even though I like Andrew WK, all the songs sound the same, or it's something like that with ACDC, all the songs sound the same. Uh, but that's their signature sound, and they're just they're that good that they're able to make this signature signature sound make a, a, a Hall of Fame career out of it. Mm-hmm. So even though a lot of the songs are like that, and and. It's just I felt like it was just one long like awesome song. Oh, I, and, and I was exhausted. Every, I was exa- exactly. I was exhausted. Every song that I wasn't even f- as familiar with. I'm not talking, of course, about the heavy hitters. By the way, as I'm looking at Wikipedia, I think you're right, dude. They didn't have a number like uh, a charted hit until Highway to Hell, and they've had several albums before then. Highway to Hell, just the single, uh, just for, that one in 1979, 47. Touch Too Much was number uh, 106, and uh, did they? Well, I'm trying to look at their first. Like I don't know. They've never had a number one single. But I mean, but uh, Back in Black is one of the top. Is uh, it? The... I, that's just, I'm looking at singles. So I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at uh, and not to deviate too much, but because I'm I'm looking at uh, this is studio albums, Dirty Deeds. That was number three uh, in the U.S. And what's so incredible about a song like that? I my uh, um, yo, that was so good. My uh, Back in Black number f- uh, four. In, my, the, in, my, in the U.S., number one in the U.K. My stepsister, um, uh, her son, he, he is uh, four or five. Dirty Deeds is like his song. And, and he he screams this song in like this little maniacal, demonic character that he puts on. And he's like, Dirty Deeds! Yeah, there's, they, they are that iconic. And, and how Angus Young, he's an older dude, and he's still out there like he was still it's in his 20s. Incredible. And it was just, and I think Axel was just in awe of it, and everybody else was in awe of it. You see everyone with those light-up devil horns. Yeah. And it was this whole new experience that Axel has brought into ACDC, and it seemed like for Angus, and it seemed like for the fans, um, even though it's nothing against Brian. It's just different, this and it's new. just- This is an evolution. It's new. It's, an evolution probably is the best way to put it. Uh, and it was just awesome from start- to finish that I it was just such a good show that I would absolutely see them again and that that there was I was so tempted to go to to the Philadelphia show but I've I've spent probably $2000 on tickets this year you know and <laughs> I flights spent, and travel okay. and so I, I had to hold Yeah no you're crazy I I've been, I'm been lucky that uh, I've been able to see um including ACDC I just saw George Thorogood um Wednesday night here mm. uh on Long Island at the Paramount and I saw ZZ Top at Jones Beach like uh, maybe a month ago all courtesy of the radio station. Mm-hmm. I'm not that. Co- I paid for Guns N' Roses, so I paid like 400 bucks for that. Excuse me. That's a, you're saying excuse me. I'm like Bleh, into the microphone. Shows you where we are both at life. I'm a scumbag. You're <laughs> excuse me. Um, I just I can't believe. So now I will go out of my way to listen to ACDC, right. and I imagine Axel singing it. Well, and I'm you just know ex- they shot the show. Uh, 
if they shot Philly, the Philly show. Yeah. And there were people filming uh, at the Garden. There were guys going around with. with yeah, they're going to come out know, with a, probably a DVD. I, 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 I guarantee. Well, I don't guarantee it. I, I, I we'll be shocked. strong. Very. I feel yeah. very strongly that uh, that we will have a DVD or some download and, by the end of the year. And I would love to see it. And it's a shame. And I, I understand that Cliff Williams wants to retire. But the rumor uh, that we are, are reading from. Uh, and you have, and I had no opinion on that. I just look at a website, and as long as it's not like you know fake.org, org, mm-hmm. like I'm just, I never, I never know. And I know there's some like I, I trust Blabbermouth. I, I like uh, Ultimate Classic Rock. You know, I do my due diligence for the most part. Mm. But this is a uh, alternative, alternate. No, why can't I say this right now? Alternative Nation uh, net. And it says, according to a new report, which I don't know where they're getting it from, uh, ACDC will continue, uh, will continue, despite the exit of bassist Cliff Williams, and Axl Rose will remain as the band's frontman. While ACDC wrapped up the rock or bus tour in Philly earlier, uh, it will not be the band's uh, last, according to journalist Jose Noberto Fleisch. Uh, Angus Young will not retire and will continue with the band. The guitarist will hire new musicians, and Axl Rose will continue as a vocalist. Axl and Angus are also rumored to want to record a new ACDC material following GNR's Not in His Lifetime World Tour, which is expected to uh, tour Europe uh, next summer. So that's uh, friggin' fascinating, if true. If true. I mean, it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that, it's not far fetched that, that guy uh, re- reported it that way. And, uh, and I want to believe that. Um, <laughs> After what I experienced, I do too. Yeah, I would have been indifferent before because I just want Guns N' Roses got back together. I want that because there have been rumors, of course, of them new material. I want them to tour again. That's where my heart is. But now this is just giving me a new appreciation. Even if it got, I can believe it got higher for Axel. So whatever Axel wants to do, he wants to join One Direction. Well, go for it, man. This. And I b- back to my concern when I first heard about all this. Right, I think it was all, you know, dashed away once I heard how good he sounded, just in, on in the little spy footage. Uh, and, as, and as soon as that first show came up, I was it was exactly, uh, no, no, it exceeded beyond all expectation. But I knew all, it was I knew it was going to be fantastic, and it was. And every show just got better and better and better. Um, and so I could not wait to see it. Uh, so, you know, I, if anything, this only feeds each other, you know. He wants, he, he's going to do what makes him happy. That seems know? to be what he's doing now. And my, like you said, when you first heard those recordings outside that studio, mm-hmm. um, my, I guess my intrigue of like, how is this going to sound? This is like a weird hybrid you know, uh, just like how when Audio Slave happened, that's a weird hybrid, but then it worked. Uh, sometimes it doesn't work. This worked, but it went away when Slash and Duff went to the shows. And especially recently, when you're, like we were talking about just earlier, that they're okay with it. That this is not going to affect Guns N' Roses in any way, which is in a weird, awkward, uh, stalker way, our first priority. Uh, so I'm excited for whatever future, if there is a future, but if there's not... I had this awesome experience that I can always relive right. through oh, social man. media now. Yeah, yeah, I feel, I feel and the my same cell way. Phone. <laughs> like, I, you know, I got, I got to see it. You know, and um, but so what is that? I, I, if Brian Johnson got healthy, then would you say, hey, you know what, Brian Johnson go back in the band, or you know, like you know what, I loved Axel DC. I want that to be a thing. Well, I never saw. ACDC with Brian ne- Neither Johnson. did I, but that's um, essentially... But I, but I, but I always liked it. I, right. I mean, I, I, 
Back in Black was one of my favorite CDs as a kid. I mean, you know, it was exciting getting it, you know, um, and I used to get psyched up for football games and whatnot, you know, by listening to it. You know, sure. We all would be playing in the locker room, that kind of thing, you know, and, um, but, um, you know, and, and it's, again, it, it would be absolutely, of course, it's, it's only up to whatever Angus wants, and uh, you would, and I, I He'd be making the right decisions for himself, so I could only respect that. And I guess that we can parallel it to, uh, of course, Van Halen happened mm-hmm. uh, with David Lee Roth, and uh, I don't know if you did you go see them at all? Yeah. Okay. I saw them a bunch of times. Did you see them at the Garden? With, I saw them at the Garden. Uh, was it Cool in the Gang? Yeah, three times. Yeah, so Cool, cool in the Gang. I love that. That was that was fun. Oh yeah, no, I love that stuff too. So, uh, all right, so we were at the same show. Ian yeah. was also at that show, I believe, as well. Uh-huh. Uh, I loved it. I had never seen Van Halen previously. And, of course, in this last tour, uh, David Lee Roth is getting a lot of crap for his voice. And I'm like, he's never Pavarotti. Like, it's still Van Halen. Enjoy it. Shut up, trolls. Like, yeah. it's just, I still loved it. Uh, I think David Lee Roth recently, he's he wants to do more stuff with Van Halen. You know, in the future, it just hasn't happened right now. Uh, a few months ago, uh, St. Me Hagar, was- which I'm one of the few, I seem like one of the few people that loves both versions. I like Van Hagar. I look at it as though as a different band. Yeah, I Van, like it. I don't love it, but I like it. Right. You know? uh, there are people who despise it, who just like, that's this is a, uh, uh, the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like it. Um, you know, I can crank dreams like I can cr- crank Panama. That sounds, mm-hmm. that's, that's some people want to punch me in the face right now, but whatever. Oh, no, no, like uh, I, I, that whole first, the, uh, was it 5150? Yeah. Um, why can't this be love? What I would love there, that song. There, it's a different feel. It's it's a different a way. But it's, to, it's still a good to me. It's still good music. Uh, Alex and Eddie, you know, right? And a few months ago, Sammy Hagar uh, issued. I think they exchanged this like fourteen year old girl shit. They exchanged uh, happy birthday tweets. Uh, Sammy even went on on record and, and wanted to just offer an apology for his behavior. And and it wasn't like he's like it's not to, to get back together, but well, you know yeah. everyone. That's what I know, what he says publicly. Uh, but I think this was shortly after Bowie died. He's like, you know, people my age are dying. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to put all this animosity to the rest. This is not what life is about. And I've always respected that about Sammy. He's just this chill dude. Same thing with David Lee Roth. Even though they got, they fought, they had this weird zen about both of them. Like, it's very weird. You mean between Dave and Sammy? Is that what I said or no? I don't know. Because I, I know. I, they, they've, they've not, they fought when they toured together. That's they, right. And then it was but, a great Howard Stern episode, I think from 2003 or four, where you hear them sort of trying to outdo each other. And, sure. And, but they have this weird where they just love nature and love life kind of thing about the same, they cut from the same cloth, but for some reason they, they rub each other the wrong way at some point and uh, some parts. But he issued that apology. Um, haven't, I don't believe I've heard anything from Eddie or Alex since. Uh, but if they were to tour, um, I would go. I would go, of course. Uh, but. I guess it's kind of comparing it to, but what if David Lee Roth wants back in the band? And, Again, and it's, it's just whatever's it's, it's the best. To, yeah, it's, it's just, up to Eddie. I guess these are good problems to have. Mm. Um, you know, could they do a double duty? Could they do that? That would be crazy. Mm. You know, could like Axel the Easy tour with Guns N' Roses? You know, that would be crazy. Nah. Uh, I mean, I, I remember somebody wrote that. There was, that was one of the rumors, was that ACDC was going to, Open up for right. like a joking rumor. Yeah, I can't and, believe uh, Axel could sing that long. It's different if it's like Eddie playing for that long, which is still very taxing. I mean, like he, like, yeah, he said that he's like that. This is extremely taxing on the voice. And I, I have no idea. I played it the next day. Um, 
uh, a couple of clips from the show. My my wife my wife was supposed to go and she she couldn't go because her sister came into town with her family and so anyway they all they all stayed back at home. I went out and I got and got back the next day and of course I had to play it for my nieces who, sure. are, who are age nine and five and and they they've heard enough Guns and Roses already that one of them one of them the four the five year old just said uh, so John is that Guns and Roses or is it ACD <laughs> and so. Um, I had to, Doesn't even know his alphabet, right? But she, you know, she she, <laughs> she 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 was aware of it enough. I mean, um, but but my my sister in law was listening to it. And she goes, "My God, how can he do that with his voice? How how can he sing like that? Number one, how can he sustain it? How is he still able to do this after all these years? How on earth does Axl Rose have that ability?" You it's you, you can't look at it, and I, I and I've used a lot of sports analogies uh, on this show, but you can't say he's like Barry Bonds, where it's like somebody who's forty shouldn't hit seventy three home runs, mm. um, because he, so would steroids help out your voice? I mean, it's just, or he just has this natural God given ability. He knows how to take care of it now, um, and because you, you, a lot of these these older guys don't hit those notes anymore. Uh, who have that kind of rasp? I know um, his name escapes here right now. Uh, the guy from Cinderella. Yeah. Uh, he he lost his voice for years, mm. and now he's getting it back and had that same kind of rasp. So he can just be one of those diamonds in the rough. And I think when you find them, you got to, you know, I'm I'm glad that he's now making music because he was uh, gone for many years. So that's why it's a a good time to do a Guns N' Roses yeah. podcast. I it, mean, you know, and, and if it's. When you when you see the the criticism on uh, a lot of the the fan sites, the Guns N' Roses fan sites, pe- people that are unforgiving about his um, when the, what he labeled his smooth tone that he's been doing, and he and when he was on the uh, the China Exchange interview, yeah, and he mentioned you know it didn't go over too well with with some fans or whatever. Why? Well, people people. I have this terrible nickname for it. They call it his his Mickey Mouse tone. Oh, and I have not. For lack of a better analogy, because I've heard that from somewhere else, where I've used that because I know what else to compare it to. Because mm. in years past, it just it sounded very high. Like he just there was nothing. He was supposed to be hitting certain octave or that rasp range, and it wasn't there. And it sounded. Well, I feel like and it's I know what else to compare it to. Yeah, I, I feel like it's something in between. Like you know, these it are, is. It doesn't sound like a cartoon singing. Mm. I just didn't know, and I got that phrase from like looking at oh, no, my no, G and R people. No, no, it's uh. It may not be the sound that that appeals to you know people. I mean, it's it's not the thing that that led me to him um, in terms of his voice. Um, it's some. I feel like it's something new. I mean, it, he's got to be really careful. I mean, in order to to be able to sing this way, I feel like he's uh, using a control which he's always done. I I believe in his career something that, that makes it so fascinating um, is to have a control over his voice, his performance, his 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 ability to concentrate um, is what makes him such an amazing performer, and so having that that range that can go that high and have that tone that may not be, um, mm, I guess, just enjoyable on some level, but then to take it to another quickly, take it to another sure, area sure. is is one of the things that makes Guns N' Roses music so complex and and like each song in themselves are they're like epics i mean look at of course like estranged um like that's an epic song sure you know 
Uh, I mean, I hear the only difference, and it's still enjoyable, where I will listen to Live Era and listen to November Rain mm. and then listen to him sing it now. There's a difference. and It's not bad, but there's a difference. But there was a dramatic difference a few years ago where it just sounded really like, I don't know, like a shell. Mm. And, I, and it's like I feel bad saying that because I'm a champion of him. I have dreams about him, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's something that he did, and I don't know, because uh, he mentioned the fact with ACDC that he likes having Angus as his boss, that he has to go to rehearsal, all these things that he, you know, he's changed. Uh, whether the rumors are true about he wanted to get that, that fat Axel picture off the website, off uh, Google. Um, I don't know if you, you no, yeah, that remember, rumor, like where he's, he's hearing all these things and he's like, you know what, I got to get my shit together. Again, this is just speculation where you, it's just a different vibe. And even though I enjoyed the shows that I saw with, with Bumblefoot and Buckethead and Ashba, I always left with something missing. Hmm. And it's not like I went in there saying, like, it's not Guns N' Roses, it's not Slash. I went in there excited. I'm like, I get to hear, you know, Axl Rose sing. Mm. You know, and these musicians I, I respect, but I always left with something lacking. And it wasn't a conscious thing. It wasn't being But, I mean, troll. you hadn't seen them. I hadn't seen them prior. Mm. And it was just the fact that uh, somebody who... Maybe I, it was more of a desire. Like, like you, you wanted to know. This, I mean, I didn't see them either. And I could have when I was younger. But, you know, I first started seeing them live in 2006. And, I, but I, and when I did see Slash live, it made me only want to see the two of them on stage together. And that yeah. leads me to when I mentioned one of my favorite shows uh, when I saw Bevel Revolver in Jersey. And it was in Starland Ballroom. And I don't know if you've ever been there. No. It's in the middle of nowhere. And it's like farmland around it. I don't know if things have been built since then. But that's why, you know, when they got off the tour bus, people ran back and I was able to meet Slash and Duff and they signed my, my GNR shirt. And just being up that close in a smaller venue... Uh, I'm like I'm next. I'm near Slash. I'm near Duff. Mm-hmm. You know, even with Scott Weiland, I got a new respect for him. Like he, at his peak, was a brilliant frontman. And you know, and I can ask this too. Somebody who's doing uh, research and Axel, you know, who knows about his. I mean, he's it was his, his his drug use is not as notorious as Slash and Duff's, and of course Stephen Adler's, but it was there. Uh, that you, you think about somebody with Scott Weiland, and because I wanted to parallel it to the, the Brian Johnson, Axl Rose replacing mm-hmm. Van Halen things we just mentioned. Uh, I don't think SCP has officially announced a new lead singer yet. Because uh, they got rid of their most recent one, didn't they? So, uh, uh, Chester Bennington uh, from Lincoln Park. Or he quit or something. Yeah, because t- he's working on new Lincoln Park stuff. It was too much for him. And even when that happened, I'm a, f- I'm a fan of Lincoln Park. I think Chester is an amazing vocalist. Uh, it, didn't, it sounded like... You know, it sounded like Lincoln in, in, in uh, Temple Pilots. It was just too, his voice is so, it's like, yeah, Axel's voice is identifiable, but for whatever reason, it can fit with ACDC's mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. Chester's voice just fits with Lincoln Park. I haven't, I haven't heard. Uh, I mean, it sounded good, and he's got a good voice, but it just, it's just, it ha- STP has a sound. Axel's able to fit in some, that, that ballpark, the parameter, the rasp that Brian and Bond had, or have, uh, but... Chester's just so different. Well, I think it's, a, it's a, that's a credit to Axel as a performer in general. They're able to it, adapt? Yeah, to, to as an artist, to interpret the songs, to understand the nature of the songs in the right way. Sure. You know? So uh, Chester had left, and when uh, Stone Temple Pilots, because of course they're famous, they, Scott's had 
obviously had uh, drug problems and got back together and they were mm-hmm. still having issues and uh, that's when they got Chester and I think they, they uh, uh, Scott was trying to sue for the name it was like over, it was really ugly at the time and uh, Scott was doing his wild abouts thing and it's just like oh good just get back together whatever figure it out mm. uh, and then of course <laughs> that always made me think of the uh, Matt Sorum's comment uh, somebody asked him well, who would you rather work with uh, Axel or Scott and this is like when Axel the before any reunion was even on the table, he said he'd rather work with Axel, and that's scary. Wow. Yeah, I think that's only, that was like TMZ uh, cornered I him. Did, I, I, I and, never saw that. I've actually got a newfound liking and love for Axel Rose. <laughs> you can print that. I've said a couple of bad things about Axel, and I think probably have come back to bite me in the ass. But uh, you know, the one thing I know about Axel Rose, as much of a dick as he was at times, the stadium was usually sold out. <laughs> a little difference between those two guys. I'm talking 50,000, not 5,000, okay? <laughs> you know, I could deal with that. Jet, not just a jet, I'm talking a 727. My own limo and a guy to carry my shit. <laughs> Shortly after Scott passed, it might have been like a month, um, and, and please, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, or I'll look it up after because I'm too lazy to look it up now. That they announced that they wanted to look for a lead singer online, that they were holding an open contest. And I remember something like that. I think that's cool for um, some fans because I, I have uh, friends in local bands who've applied. I just thought they really missed the boat with something, and it goes into the whole drug use thing. And that's why I'm I'm intrigued to what you can find out about Axel and his drug use, whether it's from him, whether it's from his family and how that affects a band or a band that grows together, you know, and has a certain, um, uh, I guess, parallel theme to it. Um, and I guess GNR has that where they've all kind of been battle tested mm. uh, with uh, within themselves, within the band, within other other bands. And I think that's where they're all reached now. It's like the perfect time for them uh, that they missed an opportunity. And there was a rumor and I was actually... I may have been like the one hoping it was true that Scott Stapp was going to affront um, Velvet uh, uh, SDP, and the reason, like, if you're saying that you didn't like Creed back in the day, somebody bought that record. Stop lying. Ian and I have established that we liked Creed. I have no problem with them. I know Scott Stapp was, uh, you know, an interesting guy to handle. So I think that gave them sort of a, a bad name a little mm-hmm. bit in some eyes. Uh, obviously, a lot of people love All the Bridge. It was always on Scott Stapp. It was like the backing band's great, but Scott Stapp. Whatever, I think he fits in, would have fit in great, especially with all the drug use that he had. And if I think Scott even, um, both Scott and, yeah, both Scots, I should say, Wyland and Stapp, uh, filled in for some Doors thing on, on yeah. uh, VH1. Mm-hmm. And they both filled in adequately. And I thought that would have been good. Like, hey, we lost this guy to one thing. We lost somebody who's fighting. We, we, now we have somebody who's fighting it. But this is our new SDP. That's something I would have liked. So that's something for me that I would have, a circumstance that I can see a band moving on and be okay with. I wasn't alive when, and we interviewed uh, and uh, Stevie Rochelle uh, last episode mm-hmm. from Metal Sludge and Tough, and he told this to Ian and I because we're both younger. I'm 33, Ian's 30. He's like, you weren't alive when uh, the whole Van, uh, Sammy Dave thing happened. That took days for it to happen. Like when it hit magazines, that we found like it just and all of a sudden magazine Sammy Hagar's new lead singer Van Halen. So that, I, I don't know what it's like to process that information and what makes that okay in the views of the fans. I'm, I'm, of course, the actual bandmates, and like it's their own choice. They can do whatever they want. Uh, but I'm thinking, 
what makes it okay to move on? So that that's relating to uh, Axel moving on with ACDC. Now Guns N' Roses back together. What made it okay for some people to see Guns N' Roses with a backing band or an Axel and Roses? What made it okay for us to... We enjoyed it. Other people were, I loved it. Other people refused to see it. So it's just... Or what made Velvet Revolver okay? So many interesting moving parts to changing... Well, I mean, you're talking you, completely... You're one of... I guess you're I'm looking, looking at, at a the, really abstract like, way. Like the general... Like, because of course you have to, you know... Put, it's only okay for what the band wants to do, in my opinion. You know, um, in your opinion is, um, yeah. which is good, is the minority because a lot of people don't care about. It. They want like me. Well, people want people want what they want, right? You know, and and that's fine. I mean, like in that, it's it's human nature. You 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 invest in something, and you have uh, your your own. It affects you a certain way, and you see it a certain way, um, and for it to change, uh, there. They're, you're losing control of it, you know, and so you want to you want to blame people. So everyone wanted to blame Axel for, um, you know, band members quitting or new band members being hired. Then let me ask you then, because Ian and I discussed this with uh, Stevie last episode. What do you? What's your take on? Because I'm assuming you're also doing research on Izzy, yeah. because they were childhood friends mm-hmm. in Indiana. Well, that's the thing. Like what happened there? Because Stevie changed my view. Of it, and Stevie and Ian had the same view where uh, Izzy doesn't deserve an equal share, and I'm like, why? They, they, he's one of the original. They're friends, you know, friends for almost their entire lives. Yeah, uh, it, no, because I mean, I don't listen. What do I know? But, but from my own point of view, uh, he quit. You know, mm. he quit, and he left them hanging. So they had to find a new replacement. Mm. Um, they brought him back for a, a few months in 93. He played, you know, several gigs. He he had to, he didn't even want to rehearse, I think I read in Slash's book. This is just all that I've read again. Sure. Um, and uh, so every once in a while he would show up. Um, you know, he came to Hammerstein. He, he played in several shows in Europe with them in 2006. Right. And then uh, and in L.A., and then you know he even played some with Velvet Revolver, so he, he does what he wants. And and then he played it played at the joint, um, at least one show uh, in, in 2012. Um, but he shows up. It doesn't necessarily mean that he can show up. And may, who who knows what the negotiations were, um, uh, and what kind of participation he would have. W- was he going to rehearse in the same manner and with the same commitment that Slash and Duffed? Did working with Frank to get the rhythm down? I mean, I'm, I assume that 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 took a, a while. At least while Axel was rehearsing with ACDC, they were they were building the band. They you know with with Melissa and with Dizzy, and um, so is was Izzy going to do that? That's the question. Like that's a good question. You know, granted he's one of the major songwriters, but he's not a member of the band anymore. He's not a partner. It, did he want that? And so we don't know any of these things. Um, and so when when Axel mentioned, you know, that conversations change, um, he didn't go into money. Izzy chose to publicly tweet about a money situation, mm-hmm. which was very sort of broad in itself. And so, you know, of course, imaginations run wild and they say Axel's being unfair and of course Izzy needs to be there and we thought these guys were above money and like no 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 like like th- these 
that's what creates speculation. That's what kind of creates the problem. So, um, so it's hard to say. I mean, if but that's you, an interesting perspective too, and I think you also raise a good point as because well, then now it's, that's just now reiterate um, really putting doubling down on my changed opinion, which is now with you and and, and Stevie Rochelle and mm-hmm. Ian, where I was I didn't get it. I have this this fantasy. Uh, imagine like oh they're just friends you know why they're all millionaires anyway why can't they just do it but it's also and Stevie Rochelle said and he made some great comparisons uh, and th- again listen to the, uh, episode, the last episode to, to hear them in full uh, great stories about Brett Michaels and Poison mm-hmm. about Quiet Riot about uh, everything that's going on with Rat right now but he's like it's a music business and is he also quit and it's where he hasn't been constantly out there like for the rest of them. And you're talking about now his involvement, which was not even, I didn't even think of that. Mm. Yeah, uh, like what's was... his commitment level to it? And, the, and, and another issue is, well, to wonder how much was offered to him was, you know, there was no reason to replace Richard Fortas with Izzy. Richard Fortas has been in the band since 2002. I know. Um, Axel's, as far as I know, isn't out to get rid of anybody or replace anybody. Um, everyone that quit last year quit on their own accord. And, and yeah. it made the room for Duff and Slash. Um, and so that's how it happened. There wasn't, hey, let's let's just replace everybody and have a reunion. They, they never even called it a reunion. Reunion was something that the press established. Um, it was a reunion between those three, but it wasn't a band. It wasn't a full band. This is this is another incarnation of the band. That's all. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I I completely agree, and um, it just shows you that I continue to live live in a fantasy world and dream about Axel at house parties, and just <laughs> <laughs> just unbelievable. Uh, we're gonna like, uh, soon get Ian on the phone, yeah. who uh, I guess hasn't eaten today. He's somewhere. I think he's still in in South Dakota. I don't know where he it's is. It's good because when when if you're gonna talk about Dawkins, I can't. I haven't ever heard one Dawkins song, and I and I and I, I'm. Sick, I man. don't. Yeah. <laughs> care about Dawkins at all, and I told him. But this. I love that he's gone to, to do this. Same. Yeah. We're on the same page. Yeah. I said the only Dawkins song I know is from fucking Freddie Four. Uh, the Dream Warriors. Nice. That's it. I mean, I am. Uh, I'm a hair metal fan, uh, or a glam metal fan, whatever you want to call it. Ian goes to uh, another extreme, you know. But I know, unless it's, I do like Poison, you know. Um, I'm not gonna take it to. I, you know, I'll know like the, the singles. You know, I know like a handful of like White Snake. Mm. You know, I, I know uh, like one Bullet Boy song. You know, I know one Danger Danger song. I don't know their catalog. He's like, oh, I don't like uh, Doc and that much. I only have like some of their records. <laughs> well, you have rec- you have some of their like their albums. <laughs> like, no, you're a Doc and fan, dude. <laughs> so it's a. Uh, I love the fact that he did this as well, and he went by himself to to go see Dokken. Love that. So that's that's. Uh, oh, and uh, before we get him on the phone, because he's um he wants he's like I haven't eaten all day. What's wrong with you? Let him eat. Uh, he. <laughs> We were gonna, we didn't have time to ask Stevie Rochelle this, but what do you do? You consider Guns N' Roses to be a hair metal band, a glam metal band? No, uh, even in their infancy. No, because they they used that look in that time with the music was rock and roll, right? Um, they used the look because they, they needed to, and because we you mentioned the look, and that's something that we had spoken about before. When you see early. 
uh, uh, photos of the band, and Axel's hair is all teased up. You can even see it in, uh, I think, the Welcome to the Jungle video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, I... and, 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 and it seems like uh, Duff is something out of a flock of seagulls, mm-hmm. you know? Like, and, mm-hmm. but the... like you can't even see Slash's face in that video, really. It's just completely covered in the hair. I mean, I, I, I think when you read about it at, in Slash's book, for instance, he says that uh, Adler was the one who really had the most metal kind of um, interest. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, and he, you know, and so you had Duff's punk direction, Izzy's punk and rock and roll, and then Axel's blues and classic classical music. But blues definitely with Slash, the sort of Aerosmith, you know, uh, kind of style. Izzy with the the Rolling Stones, the Ramones, um, the Hanoi Rocks. Sure. Um, and you know, Axel. You know, uh, I'm guessing. Queen, ACDC, T-Rex, T-Rex, T-Rex maybe. Uh, Elton John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ACDC. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's so funny, I tweeted this out the other day, um, that September of 1984, so uh, Axe, uh, Slash auditioned for Poison. Isn't that, yeah. uh-huh. isn't that amazing? You know, I mean, yeah. That could have changed the course of history. Uh, and of course, I, I just you know love that story. He just went in and they asked him to change his... They said, you gonna wear those shoes? <laughs> he had like some moccasins on. Or something. <laughs> my my friend Kevin Lawrence, he tried out for Poison as well. Okay, the same, the same time period. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, and uh, and so I am a fan of Poison. I've seen them live. I think they do a great job. I think they get a little bit of a bad rap, uh, just because they are usually used as the the example of what hair metal is. And mm-hmm. yeah, they. They were, and they, but they made some some good tunes, and they are what they are. I don't take them like I overly, it, yeah, overly know? seriously. And but there, but there are some that I, you know he takes it to, Ian just takes it to another extreme where <laughs> I've just never got so in depth with that. I would never ever. And he asked me, he's like, and, and what you already have, so it's not the same thing for you. Like, where would you travel to go see a Guns N' Roses reunion? Mm-hmm. Uh, if it was a GNR reunion, I would go to South Dakota. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think if there would be another band. That I would do that for. Hmm. I mean, it would really. Uh, my friend uh, who just traveled to Chicago to see the Misfits. Huh. Uh, I'm jealous, but I didn't do it. Hmm. I don't have the time to see. And I, maybe if I, I could have made the time to see the Misfits, uh, if they come out here to here to uh, New York, I'm definitely going to see them. But I kind of like the, when the demographic changes. I mean, I you see all the New York shows around here, and everyone kind of looks alike. Everyone's black hair. They wear black. You know. And then I went to a show in Indianapolis, and all of a sudden the tones start changing. What do you mean? Know, more blonder hair, oh. you know, um, you know, more paler kind of looks. Not all black anymore, you know. Uh, energy um, was a little bit slower, not as on edge as it was in, you know. The, I like that. You know? I like that. We're too we're too dense here. I haven't been to a show in L.A. Uh, other than a couple of shows on, you know, not a, not a not a GNR show, but when you go to Vegas, that doesn't really count. Nah, it's a destination wedding. You got people all wedding. over the place. Yeah, only other places yeah. I've ever been to, I saw Guns N' Roses in Ottawa, mm. uh, where Sebastian Bach and the Suicide Girls opened. So burlesque show that was okay. kind of hot. Uh, and I saw Velvet Revolver in West Palm Beach. Okay. So I think that's it. I really haven't traveled. And Ian has. I think he's been to Pennsylvania, and obviously he just went to South Dakota. It's a mission. I mean, 
Uh, it is a mission. My, the first time I went to, to, I may have. You know what? I may have. Uh, if if he survived, I may have. If I had the funds, I don't remember how poor I was at the time. Probably too poor. Uh, see Michael Jackson in London, because that would have been it. Yeah, this is it. So I mean, that was that was it. Well, it, it really was it. Uh, but that, I think that. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of somebody else. And now, um, I'm glad I saw BB King, but he came here. Uh, I'm trying to think of other bands like. I think Little Richard, I think, is on, like, on his way out. <laughs> I would see, like, I want to see, like, Iconic. Now that they're all, now that everyone's dying, mm. <laughs> like, you yeah. got to see them before they, that's why I'm like, I got to see ZZ Top. Well, They're going to die soon. I got, I was supposed to see George Thurgood years ago, so it's not like I made the, the decision just to see him now, so I'm glad I finally saw him, but well, he's 66, but, mm. people, you know, Bowie's died with 69. Well, you guys were talking about Tracy Guns on the, on the last show or two. Yeah. And, uh. He was LA here. Guns is getting back together, right? I, I don't know if it's going to be all of them. I mean, he's playing with Phil Lewis. Yeah. He just played with him recently um, at, a, at a festival in uh, Irvine, California, where another band I, I like from back in the day, just from, I've never seen him live, but Odin. <laughs> if you ever watch Odin. the documentary, the Penelope Spheres documentary, The Decline of Western Civilization Part Two: The Metal Years, you have to see this movie. It well, first of all, it's all all it's it's a series, it's a documentary that's first started at the punk scene in LA in 1980. Um, the '87 um, film was about the hair metal years, and then they did another one in I think '96 for LA uh, grunge scene. Wait, this wasn't uh, the the uh, the decline of Western civilization part two? Yeah, well, this uh, of the three parts, like okay, part, yeah. Okay. And so in part two... Sorry, I'm like, oh, like we're talking with Ian as you're like, so I'm sorry if I was distracted for not, half a no, second. No, not at all. But, Just to be completely honest. But you must see this movie. I mean, it's it's a huge influence on me. Um, and, you know, b- because it, it features Ozzy and Kiss um, and uh, Lemmy. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. So, again, I'll, I'll, edit, I'll, I'll edit this part out if, I, if I'm a complete moron and missed it. I've seen The Decline of Western Civilization oh, okay. part two. Well, don't you, well there's one So sequence. what's the Odin thing? All right, in, in at Gazzari's... Uh, Bill Gazzari. He, okay, he's so I'm not losing because I read like an text from Ian, and I'm like, wait a minute, did I guess miss the entire thing? And I'm just like, <laughs> like, and, and another make another Wayne's World reference where he's just like uh, talking to Hanson Dan. He's like, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. He's pressing all these buttons back, yeah, uh huh. All right, our special guest right now, Wayne Campbell, Garth Elgar, Wayne's World, Wayne's World. All right, talking about Wayne Stock, very exciting, big event. Everybody's excited, huh? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a big concert at Adlai Stevenson Park. Uh-huh. It's just going to be a big party, you know? We've got uh-huh. some great bands coming. Uh-huh. Like Aerosmith. Uh-huh. I just want to remind everybody that there's still plenty of tickets left. Uh-huh. But that's no reason to wait till the last minute. Uh-huh. Because it's just a, a chance for the city of Aurora... Mm-hmm. ...to do something... Uh-huh. ...fun. Uh-huh. ...and to put the city on the map. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. Oh, well, <laughs> work is hard. <laughs> you're not really listening to me, are you? Uh-huh. I mean, I could say anything right now, like, you're a complete tool. Mm-hmm. But you wouldn't hear it, because you're a freak with a microphone. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's how I feel right now. So I, if I, if you've mentioned the decline of Western civilization, I have seen that, and that, should, that is amazing. Yes. But what the fuck is Odin? Odin is one of, one, um, Greg Odin. one of the bands that plays at Gazzari's, and, and, and Bill Gazzari introduces them. And uh, you see these pr- pretty raw interviews with this young man that, that are, is very determined um, that they're going to hit it big. And, uh, and, and they displayed again recently, which is cool, because 
in the movie, he kind of, I don't know, makes some bleak references to, to, to his life if it doesn't, if it even doesn't, you know, happen for him. But he didn't become a huge star, but still, they're still playing, which is cool. And, and then this shirt I have here, this is my London shirt. Um, London was the other main band. That featured. was uh, Nikki Six's band, wasn't Nikki, it? Nikki and Blackie Lawless started it, and now... Um, I was wondering, look for a, a freaking London shirt. London is awesome. I mean... Um, uh, Blackie Lawless looks freaking terrible now. It looks yeah. like like Elvira like died. Well, I, I tried to see them. They, they were going to play. I would at, see Wasp. At, 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 I would see Wasp. I yeah, see well, Wasp is another band that I know a handful of songs, and they're all good. Well, they were going to play at. Um, but it comes to a point where like just stop dressing like you did in the eighties. Like Twisted Sister kind of like does stop, mm. even though they're stopping as a band now because of uh, the death uh, of Ag Peril. But you, so there comes to a point where like you just got to stop dressing like that. It does, it's just well, not, that's why like, like it's not a good look that's anymore. What's, what's brilliant about Axel because his look evolves. It, it, it's you know? evolved. Slash is able to get away with uh, whatever. Duff seems to get better looking with age because he Man. gets gets keeps working out and all these things. He's uh, he's a maniac. I he mean, is you a maniac. Got to see him. Have you when you saw him up close? I mean, I he is he really is. Um, he's like an MMA fighter. You know. Yeah, he's he's like a tight end. He's just like he's real well built, and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm so. Pleased and happy for how good Steven Nadler looks. He just looks so happy and healthy and vibrant. Yeah. So that's awesome. I know he's having back issues, but that's not anything what he was going through before. Yeah. So he just looks great. So yeah, no, it's it's interesting. So the fact that, that yeah. London is London. Another... Um, I one of the guys that I met with uh, five years in L.A. I was directed to him is uh, the lead singer, uh, Nader DePriest, and uh, he agreed to meet with me down in Huntington Beach and. I, I drove down. I, f- I forgot about LA traffic at, um, you know, uh, when it's around 5 p.m. Mm. And so, of course, I'm late. I get to this bar where he's meeting me. I already see him leaving. I'm like, no, 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 it's me. Oh. And so, so he's like, no, I, I was going to lead you to another place anyway. The guy is just, he sat with me for a couple hours. We had some beers and, and just, just, he was just as forthright as I, as I could want, you know, like answer every question. I had, you know, um, what I wanted to know about his friendship with Izzy, Izzy's involvement, because in, Izzy, Izzy joined London for a while. Okay. Um, and uh, I think I his impressions of Axel back in the day, and girls that you know that 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 he he directed me to to talking to after I spoke with him that that again opened even more worlds up to me but anyway i've been always grateful for this guy and, and i and i like their music i think he's got a he's got an interesting voice um a lot of those uh glam metal bands uh had really talented lead singers and unfortunately just got oversaturated with the, all the look of everything mm-hmm. and that's when grunge just came in and, and destroyed it all because they were just so anti-look uh even though they, they all had their own look anyway with all the flannel and the dirty hair and everything that's why i love the like all this is coming back like it just Stepped right over grunge. I mean, I listen. I, I was. A, I liked grunge. I was. I was huge into Nirvana. Hmm. And uh, yeah, me too. That was the thing. I mean, like you know, when I was in college, that 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 when I started college, not only did high you, school for me. Okay, use your. You were. In, wait a minute. I thought I was like ten years older. Yeah, you than are. eleven years older. Than so you. wait. Uh, Kirk died when I was in middle school. Okay, because I was a, a junior in college. Okay, and, so uh, Kirk died when I was in middle school. Well, I started college. Use Your Illusion uh, was released. Nevermind was released. I mean, it was a it was a great year. I hated college. I didn't like where I went. But but these were my concerns. 
um, besides Terminator 2 and, <laughs> and Cape Fear coming out. Oh, the early you 90s, know. man. What the hell? Oh, my God. And so, you know, then, I, and, I, and I did love Nirvana, but they're gone now, and their music was great. I didn't like, I liked, I, I, don't, I don't count Stone Temple Pilots as grunge. I think it's, that's rock and roll. I didn't think Nirvana's really grunge. I mean, I don't know what grunge is, to tell you the truth. But, oh, here's the thing. I'm going to go off on a tangent. My <laughs> friend, what we do here. Chris Weber, the uh, Hollywood Rose guitarist, he started a band called UPO. And I didn't know about UPO until I met him. It is a great band. Look it up. No okay. Pleasantries is their album. Okay. It's excellent. He's a fantastic guitarist. There's a lot of hidden gems out there. They get. I think that's what's unfair about sometimes labels. A lot of these uh, hidden glam bands, a lot of these hidden grunge bands, they mm-hmm. get, just get stuck with this label. So that's what I, I try. I want. That's why I like meeting people from different eras mm-hmm. or just other music fans. I'm like, hey, what about this band? What about that band? So that's cool. That's something that if so if uh, you're listening, there's a band that we're missing. That you're like, you know what? They're Guns N' Roses fans. I'm a Guns N' Roses fan too. But you know what? You might actually like this band. Huh. Send us a tweet. Send us a, a Facebook message. We would love to uh, discover new old music <laughs> to a degree. Because I, I, maybe uh, you know, because uh, Ian didn't, because we were talking about side projects of um, of of the bands, uh, and we, some, we we just started this this feature called, um, and we'll probably do a next podcast. Uh, this I love, of course, after the song, but huh. uh, of a certain project, whether it's a cover, whether it's a, we're going to come up with different themes from Guns uh, N' Roses, from like, a Guns N' Roses related. Thing okay, uh, so we did a, a covers where he brought in, I think, uh, the lead singer from Dangerous Toys did Welcome to the Jungle. Mm. Uh, I, I brought up uh, Hailstorm doing covering um, Out to Get Me, which is a sick cover. Uh, then I think last time we did side projects, and I mentioned uh, the Neurotic Outsiders. And are you familiar with them? They had one record, and how were they related? They were related because, uh, Hold on, I want to read it because I like reading the Wikipedia page. It sounds familiar, but I... Yeah, no, it's uh, with Duff and Matt Storm, as I say, uh, talk off mic. Neurotic Outsiders was a supergroup founded in 1995, consisting of uh, Steve Jones, of course, from Sex, yes. uh, Sex Pistols, uh, Matt Storm and Duff, and uh, John Taylor of <laughs> Duran okay. Duran. So, and then uh, they even had uh, Billy Idol and Steve Stevens from, huh. uh, from of course, Billy, uh, Billy's band as well. And they had one, <laughs> one album. And it was like a really punk rock record, huh? And so I mean, that's why like I feel, you know, somebody who knows more about GNR than I do, really, but that I can just mention this one little yeah, tidbit. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, I... and I think I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of like how I found out about them. It might have been the days of well, Duff talks about forming this. Have you read his his book? The, the... He's the only book I haven't read. Oh, I've you re- gotta read it. I've heard nothing but good things. I've read Slashes. I've read Stevens. I've read. Um, uh, uh, it's not here today, gone to hell. That's the, uh, it's, I don't know, not, it's one of the, the unauthorized books mm-hmm. uh, that I've read. So that's oh, the only uh, one I haven't, I haven't read It's So Easy, his book. Right. But I, it might have been, and this was the good days of stealing music, essentially, uh, when you would just, just type into LimeWire right. or Napster, mm-hmm. and you would come up with all this other related stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what happened. That's I how I heard the uh, the Chinese democracy leaks. Well, I heard them courtesy. And before we get to uh, Ian, who's taking way too long to finish <laughs> the sandwich, uh, that I found that all out through um, my GNR forum, and that's yeah. when I was like, so I'm forever like getting the original better demo, mm-hmm. the the first version of when it was called the blues. Right. And then they changed it to the course of the Street of Dreams. Dreams. Yeah. And when uh, there was a time, it had a different intro before it was released. Huh. 
Uh, it didn't have that like real orchestral like, um, mm. uh, beginning uh, originally. Mm-hmm. And when I heard the album, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. So at least so everything wasn't ruined because there were certain things that I heard through the demos that were leaked right. through my GNR. But you mentioned, because you seem to be really familiar with the uh, the forums, that I brought up the the G, uh, the Axel DC rumor that mm-hmm. it was mentioned by AlternativeNation.net. Right. And you said there's an issue. Well, with- yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I've, when you're talking about my GNR forum, um, I haven't had good experiences over there. I, I haven't been as active on it. Um, they're, they're good to us. So I, that's, that, no, that's cool. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, I think that there's so many members. Um, that, oh yeah, it's not like there's. Um, yeah, I it, mean, it's. I think it's. It's clearly the largest member. And my favorite thing about it is, and I, is when Axel literally answered questions as Dexter, right? Yeah, the, uh, they handled Dexter. But I mean, there are pages. How awesome is that? Oh man? my God! I mean, that's that's like a that was. A, I mean, and you there's so much information that he gave out. I mean, talk about generosity <laughs> to, to directly answer fans sometimes really re- silly questions. You know, like like what kind of Michael do you choose? Do you, like, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but anyway, uh, I got into um, the forum uh, GNR Truth. Yeah, and they contacted us. Uh, we hope to do a future podcast with them, absolutely. Yeah. Um, a year ago, at the beginning of 2015, a friend of mine on Facebook shared just a link about, there's another, I don't know if, if I mentioned this to you, but there, there is another Guns N' Roses project um, that, that's, I wouldn't say competing, because I don't, you know, it's just me. I don't have like a company or anything. Competing with you? Or yeah. The, oh, okay. And uh and so I heard about it, as, um, <laughs> and the question was, it, is Mark Racco, are you, are you familiar with him? He, he He directed several videos, like he directed the Mr. Brownstone video. Okay. Um, is he going to direct uh, the Reckless Road movie? Okay. And, um, and then it said, and is writer John Miller involved in this? He's been doing a book about Axel for a couple of years and I and I I don't know I panicked and I said how the hell did my name get out there you wow because I I've been really sort of paranoid about um publicity or uh, my name getting out there in the wrong way and looking like I'm just you wonder about the control what's said about you yeah and so I got in I got onto the uh the forum and didn't say who I was or anything but I had to sort of feel things out and um and there's a community. There's a really strong community on there of opposing views, some alliances on either direction um, about people who love Chinese democracy, sometimes even more than appetite. Yeah, um, yeah. And, I, and it's really, and, it's, and I'll give credit to the moderators that is really, really well organized mm-hmm. for a banned forum, which you would not think is. Just on, on those two like words alone would be anything. Mm-hmm. It's such a well-organized beast, my yeah. GNR forum. So yeah, there's so many different opinions and voices out there. So mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. So, but your experience and and so mm-hmm. uh, I I got pretty involved, but and and it also it taught me to be very aware of when I when I write stuff because you know you, you, people can't hear your voice. You got to be really clear about I know. What, what you're. It's what, why I don't get into political debates right. on Facebook or anything. Like it's just it's not worth it. But dude. but if you can make if you can make points that will be interesting, you, you hope are interesting. You hope or, are or, interesting, or, or or at least um, that you've put some creativity or thought into it, uh, and then people respond or not, and 
And if you say something that's clearly your opinion, but you state it as a fact, um, people call you out on it. Sure. And um, and I, and I've and I've got friends uh, on this on these on there and on the night train. Um, they're the same people. You know, you recognize the same names. Sure, we're that. signed up on there as well. Yeah. We even accounts for on on both. Okay. And uh, Ian's more active on that. Okay. And so when posts from Alternative Nation would come on, um, it just it just didn't. There was something not right feeling about it. That <laughs> there was something wrong about it. That it, that it was not quite informed, but sort of trying to come across as. Um, an authority, and you go to the site, and you wouldn't even really get the information you're looking for until you click on to another thing and all that. And so, like a lot of the topics would be a little misleading, um, and so they just sort of built up an audience against them. Mm. And it's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure the you know who runs it is a is a fine guy. You know, he he's just he's just having fun he's he's spreading information but a lot of times you could spread information in the wrong way and it gets misinterpreted and uh, on the internet no yeah and speculation and rumors start flying and really you know <laughs> it, it seems more about clicking on to the advertisements and so uh that's it, yeah. it, and so and so some people appreciate it some people uh, have, have a have a war against it so, but no, I, I completely yeah. I, I get it, and that's the difficulty of it. So, we hope here as uh, Ian is finished with the sandwich, so we had to get him on mm. the phone in a bit I'm from uh, yeah. South Dakota. We'll see exactly where he is right now. South Dakota. Yeah, probably he's probably at a rest stop getting a hand job from some other gene. Oh man. come on! Oh, I, that's a second hand job reference I made today. Oh, something's fucking something's wrong on with, your mind. What is something's wrong with me? Uh, but uh, I will say to completely get back on track uh, that. Since we have the only, the first and only GNR podcast where you can hear our inflection, mm. where you can hear our voice, you can talk to us, interact yeah. with us on social media, uh, that we want to be the, the filter of it all. Yeah. We want to be the voice of just not us and our fandom, uh, but of the, the everyday GNR and everyday rock and roll fan. Mm. We want to be that. So uh, let's get Ian on the phone. All right. Hi, Ian. So I guess I was right. You are at a rest stop. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I said... Uh, Dakota, of course, of all places. I just had a... Uh, actually, had a very good breakfast burrito at this place. Um, you know, and uh, on my way to Badlands National Park. That's cool. Uh, we I joked before we could brought you on. I'm like he's probably at a rest stop getting a hand job from a Guns N' Roses fan. I'm sorry. I'm no, so- I was. <laughs> I was at a rest stop getting a breakfast burrito. It's actually. Uh, is that's what you call it. Okay. Not to get too off topic, but um, which we like do. I, as you know, Brando. Like yeah. I work in talk radio with like conservative talk radio and all this political shit, and. Um, they had Fox News on as I'm eating this breakfast burrito, and it's like for the first time in a long time where for three days I have not followed the news at all. And I guess like the big news is this beauty pageant winner and her sex tape and Donald Trump. And like the woman running this little sandwich stand was like, you know what, enough of this tabloid smut, I'm turning this off. And like you really can't argue, like the news is truly tabloid smut. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm kind of glad to just be away with nature and, you know, see my docking show last night and uh, not even be thinking about this bullshit for a couple of days. You, so, I, I'm jealous of you. No, yeah, that's sounds, exactly what it is. Sounds great. So, and especially here that in South Dakota, you would, you would think of, maybe that's the way, you know, my biased mind thinks that it may be because it's all shooting out there and not, uh, the gun ranges, it's just more 
uh, rural. It's and wide it, open. Wide open. Yeah. You would think that uh, that would be, you know, okay or looked at differently, but I'm glad to see that everyone's sick of this bullshit. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're able to get away with it, uh, get away from it. Oh, dude, well, talking of everybody being sick of this bullshit, it's actually funny because that, that makes me think of it. I'll let you guys know how Badlands um, pawn shop and, and uh, venue is because it's crazy, but there's so much stuff in there, including a urinal where it, it's almost like where you pee, it shows up on this fucking touch screen in front of you, and you could piss on the presidential candidate. I'm not making <laughs> <stuff>. On both? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and like, at least they're not there in a bipartisan, bipartisan, whatever you want to call it. Wow, that so yeah. is that the so that because that's you and you were texting me last night, and you better post some uh, pictures. If uh, I don't know if you, you're not a video picture taker like I am, but at least some pictures. I do have, I have some. I'm gonna put them up when I when I get home. All right, uh, cool. Because I, I don't know, I get weird about letting everybody know every two seconds that I'm not at home. I like. I think maybe working with all these like military guys. I think security-wise, like <laughs> someone could break into my house or something. All right, so fair. I'm gonna wait until I get home to let people know I was in South Dakota. All right, fair enough. Because we were getting some on uh, the AFD Twitter uh, that they yeah. want to hear about Dawkins. Because you were texting me last night, and I had to post uh, something that where you saw Dawkins was very different from where we saw Guns N' Roses. So explain. Uh, this the atmosphere, the venue, because you've never been. To, I've never been to South Dakota. You've never been. Yeah, uh, I've never been to uh, a venue I was like there this. When I was a little kid, and that's it. Wait, were you the youngest person there? Uh, no, one of there were a few. There were actually some people with their kids, but I was definitely younger. I mean, I'd say the there. There was actually a few people my age. Dude, there were people who came from Canada who were around my age who came out for this. So, I'd say a good. Maybe third of the crowd really drove way out of the way or flew way out of the way for this. Like when I was at my hotel this morning, I um, I was eating breakfast and and ran some guy, uh, some guy actually who's Brazilian, but he's from New York and he's like, yeah, I came out just for this. Oh, so you're so not the only I crazy person. Like the only idiot who <laughs> came from another part of uh, the country to see this. Um, but uh, all right, so describing the way it is. It's a, it's a pretty small venue, man. Like, when I got to the parking lot, I was like, wow, this is it? You know, you would think for the one dock and reunion show in America, it'd be a pretty big ven- venue, like maybe a smaller amphitheater at least. But this is this is a pretty small venue. I, I, I'm not the best with numbers. You guys could probably check out the capacity. Um, uh, like, if you live in New York, I compare it to the Paramount, but actually much smaller. To the, What's the, the name the of this place? What's the name of this place? It's a Badlands Pawn Shop. Um, Wait, the, the venue is called Pawn Shop? Well, here's the thing. The venue is also a pawn shop. It's a gun store. It's a shooting range. It's a tattoo shop. It has slot machines. And it's also the home of their radio station, uh, K-Bad. Uh, I believe it's K-Bad, um, which is like, you know, the South Dakota rock station. And it's all in this one place. It is really badass. That sounds like a future for us. We got to get on K Bad. <laughs> it's pretty cool too. It's like while I'm while I, I sent you pictures of the radio studio, and the thing is like, to the if I'm facing the stage, to the right of you know where the stage area is, where the crowd is, 
there's, you know, glass, and behind that glass is the actual radio studio. So I, I, I was watching someone, like, doing their live shift while the show was going on. That's insane. That sounds like some sort of rock and roll fun zone Chuck E. Cheese for it just... Like did you like did you take advantage of all that? And did you take my advice and get a tattoo to remember this by? Did you get like a portrait oh, of Don no. Dockin in her ass? They were doing tattoos at that time. They probably oh. are like now. I think they closed down a lot of it. You know, they closed down the shooting range and and like the gun store and all that for while the show is going on. But it's it's really cool. And the guy who opened this, I mean, is apparently like a multimillionaire. He's he's a really big name. But like. You know, people who would think, oh, there's nothing to do in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. This place in itself is a lot to do. And it's actually a really thick-ass radio station. Um, like Ron Keel, the former, uh, I think he's the former lead singer and guitarist. I'm not like a Keel fan, but of, of the band Keel. Like, he's one of the on-air guys there. So it's, like, it's definitely, it's re- if you were there, man, you would be like, this is such a awesome idea that has never been explored at least as i know is having a venue that has a radio station that people could look at while they're inside the venue watching a show and that so is, that is awesome. it, like you know how you when you're at wbab you have these events where you drive out to the event and you guys are on stage being like you know please welcome uh, i'm just trying to think of, of who it would be out there but sure. um, george thurgood Who'd you say? George Thurgood. I just saw George Thurgood at the Paramount. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I was going to go to that until I went to this. It was great. Uh, so, you know, someone from the event, from the station is like, please welcome George Thurgood. Except here, they're literally at the radio station. They just walk out the door onto the venue stage, and they're the people who kind of introduce the band and plug the radio station and all that stuff. It's like, it's all this stuff all in one venue. It is, by, like, without a doubt, one of the coolest venues I've ever been to. I'm kind of jealous right now. I mean, because it's more. Yeah, it, it I seems think like you, you guys pictured like middle of nowhere, you know. But and it is. But if uh, if you're into and this place caters to like '80s rock, because one of the next big concerts happening there is Twisted Sister. Oh man, <laughs> yeah. I'm, right now I'm on these slowly loading websites, I gotta, so yeah, I'm trying to find out the capacity. But uh, it <laughs> looks. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the internet right now isn't working. Uh, but that's that's all. How was the show itself? Like, what was the vibe going into it? Because you said somebody came up to you with like one tooth uh, before. Um, so, what was the the atmosphere? Yeah, where, where were you when that happened? <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, I wouldn't say that's the vibe necessarily. I mean, like you know, of the stereotype of you think of South Dakota. Of course, there are those people. And I'm not trying to be an um, asshole New Yorker. I just want you to describe it accurately. Oh no, no, and and a lot of people were Which really cool and, and really nice. And it wasn't all South Dakota people there, but. There was definitely just a, there was an electricity in the air, just talking to people outside the venue. Like I said, I saw people from, from Canada. I saw people from Illinois, you know, people being like, this is my vacation. I took off work to do this, like the same thing that I did. So then um, were people going up to you? Because everyone obviously seemed to be open about it. It's not like everybody was wearing a name tag. Hey, I'm from this state, this country. You, everyone's no, like, I mean, I was just outside where people were smoking cigarettes, and like, I was pumped too. I was like, you know, just talking to people. So uh, it wasn't anything <clears throat> and out of the ordinary. But no, um, you know, I, there were people coming up to talk to me. I was going up to talk to people, but I don't think that's anything uh, out of the ordinary for going to a show of this uh, magnitude. I guess um, magnitude. <laughs> there was a girl, Gabby Ray, who has a band who opened, and she has an incredible voice. Uh, almost like a hailstorm, actually, Brandon. And, okay. Uh, they were they were really good as well. 
That's awesome. So what was the the show like? What was because you showed me the backdrop for Dokken, which looked sick, by the way. You got to post that one for sure. Uh, yeah, well, that was actually a video screen. Okay, um, okay. Because they were shooting, they were shooting uh, footage too, and it's going to be on, you know, I assume DVD and Blu-ray and all that. And they have really great camera work all over the venue. Like they have these cameras that are hooked up to machines that are, you know, scanning the crowd, taking different angles of the stage. So it was really professional. It was almost like the camera work of what you'd see at an arena show in a smaller venue. Um, and so here's here's how I would describe a show. I'm sure you guys may have seen the footage from YouTube, and everybody seemed to have the same opinion on this. I, I you know, I talked to people after the show. My friend Matt, who went with me, who lives here, who I know from the podcast, um, George Lynch, Jeff Pelson, Nick Brown, like the band sounded absolutely amazing. Don Dawkins' voice is just not there. You know, the way that mm. people criticize Axel and I think exaggerate, you know, Axel doesn't sound like this, you know, at the heyday of, as you say, like the Mickey Mouse stuff, he still sounded very good, I think, but he had his off days. Don Dockin, the voice is just not there. He cannot hit the high notes. And Jeff Pelson did a better job singing the backup stuff than, than he did singing Lee. Hmm. That's interesting. Oh, and by the way, uh, the internet finally worked. Uh, 1,600 people. That's it. There you go. I mean, that's pretty tiny, right? That's, yeah, yeah that's, that's really tiny. But to see that, I mean, what, despite his voice, was it still enjoyable? Was it worth everything? Was it worth... Yeah, but did you drive out there? Like, what, what are you doing at a rest stop? I guess, I guess you oh, had a rental car, I, um, right? So I took, uh, I flew to South Dakota. Okay. Um, and I, like I said, I hung out with my friend Matt Beerkant, um, who I know from the podcast, first time meeting him. Um, but I, I got a car, you know, uh, and the main reason I got a car actually, um, I mean, for a few reasons, but for one, like today, I wanted to see Badlands National Park. I love seeing national parks. Yeah. I'm almost there after like a three and a half hour drive so far. Um, because like, when's the next time you're going to be in South Dakota? So yeah, that's, that's great. That's why I have the car. Good idea. That's very cool. So when, do the same. when you, uh, when you coming back? I miss my uh, Ian. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning. <laughs> okay. Well, look, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, took took the trip. But it also, I'm very thankful for this opportunity to be here. This is, this is a. Oh a, yeah, no, was, no problem. I was thrilled man. to get and, the invite. You know, I was saying I like to keep the show consistent, and you know, sometimes Brando has time and I don't, and you know, or something like this happens. Uh-huh. So I, I totally get it. I'm looking forward to hearing about Axel DC, which I know you guys, man, both, you know, yeah. were really blown away by. Um, oh, and, and as for, so as for your question of like, was it worth it? Was it, you know, all that, um, I came here also, like I said, to see Badlands National Park. So I, I don't even want to fully answer that until I see the whole, uh, you know, the other half of the reason why I really wanted to go here. But so far, yeah, um, it was a great show. It was enjoyable. It was historical in that, like, this is the first time these guys played together on a stage, a full set in 20 years. It is probably the last time I think. I really do believe that they'll play a set ever, you know, in, in America because they're going to do in Japan. And I, I feel very confident in that this is it. Um, you know, the rest of those guys play absolutely awesome. The set was great. I, they have so much music that I love, so many great songs. Um, oh, and I should point out, uh, you know, to finish my thought here, but I should point out that uh, George Lynch did that Mr. Scary guitar solo. And he screwed it up twice. <laughs> and Jeff Pelson was like, 
hey, as you guys know, we're filming this for video. And with the beauty of editing, uh, you know, we're going to put, like, the good take on here. That's hilarious. And that you're on a movie set. We're going to do this Feel privileged to see take two. Again, and they did it another time. I mean, it's a really difficult guitar solo. Um, so we got to see Jeff Tulsa. I mean, uh, George Lynch do that three times, which was cool, actually. I mean, no complaints here because he was, he was like, the main event of, of that concert. Huh. Um, well, the picture you sent me, though. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, I was going to say, there's no one who could go, who was there and could be honest and say that Don Dockin sounded good because he didn't. You know, like he he's he almost seems like he's not all there, man. Just even in his stage movements, and it's kind of sad. Uh, he doesn't have the energy of the other guys in the band, and I'm you know I'm not trying to be disrespectful because I love the band. I wouldn't fly all the way out here if I didn't love the band. I, like I think he's giving it his all, but he's just not. He's not what he was, and I I, I actually hope that the guys don't do another tour because I think like this is a good way to end it like they did it they're going to play Japan and if you were there you were there if you you weren't there I guess you could watch it on DVD or Blu-ray um, but you know the other guys sounded absolutely awesome and I mean it's great to see regardless of how he sounds Don Dockin on stage with them again because it's I think it's never going to happen again and I definitely want you to since uh, George Lynch was the, the you said the the focal point of the show that he's some for some reason sporting the look of Stephen Baldwin in Biodome like he looked exactly yeah. like and, you, know, and you remember that John that movie I, the the, we, the weird I, braids I that he had I did not see it oh, God, unfortunately that's that's I, a, an Academy sorry, Award winner at least in my mind uh, but no that that's awesome man. Yeah, and he brought out all those guitars, man, like all the really cool uh, graphic guitars and all the colors and stuff. He had all those, like the, the guitar in the, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, the video that everybody... I was about to ask that. Uh, they did Dream Warriors, right? Yeah, they did Dream All right, Warriors. the one song I know. Yeah, that, Maybe that is the one song that I know. that <laughs> on it. So sick. That's so cool, man. No, that's, that's awesome. I'm, uh, I, I don't know what else to say, but I'm, I'm kind of proud of you that you went. Oh, I'm definitely proud of you. I think that's so cool because I kind of was like, Ian, that's so crazy. Why are you doing that? But just no, the experience no. that you saw that not many people were going to have, uh, especially the venue that this is in, that's that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to a venue like that. I, New York's got to have some sort of I wanna, I wanna go shooting range, radio yeah, station, right. <laughs> concert hall kind of hybrid. That sounds just awesome. Awesome place to see a show, and I'm glad you. the environment was cool. Uh, you got to meet a lot of people from different areas that you – uh, that just sounds awesome. So I guess hope you you get home safe. If you need to hit up with the other other rest stops in the way home, I won't judge you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just get home safe, my friend, and enjoy the rest of your trip. Yeah, absolutely. And for the audience, I'll say this: there have been reviews that have been like, "Ian, enough with the docking." Like we listened for Guns N' Roses. Oh, so, we've gotten that, but we've gotten the opposite though this time. Yeah, no, I've seen we've gotten the opposite too. But my guess is this is like the last podcast. We're docking. We'll be. <laughs> I guess like, so. That's really it. This is it. Okay. Like, there's not really anything else to see with this band. Go out so on a high I'll note. Move on to other bands that I, that I like <laughs> and, and compare them to Guns N' Roses. <laughs> that's oh, a good dude, point. I have to mention one more thing. Yeah, of I course. just thought of it. I can't not mention it. Um, when you were asking the atmosphere yeah. and all that, and and okay, the camaraderie on stage, and like you know, the question we always ask are these guys getting along with Guns N' Roses? You wouldn't think this. These guys were, at least from what I saw, clearly were having a blast. Cool. Like Don Dockin went up and hugged George Lynch. Like, dude, they they showed so much love for each other. So, 
there was no question in my mind they were they had a great time up there. So even like with the Guns N' Roses stuff, where we look at them on stage and we're like, oh, is this for the money? Are they enjoying this? Like, there was no doubt in my mind that in the in that moment, those two whatever hours, they really enjoyed playing with each other for the first time in 20 years. That's cool, and I think that really adds to your experience because that's what you want. You want their the, the music that you love. They hear it from the people that that originally loved to make it, and they you, that's 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 awesome, man. I'm glad to hear that you've you yeah, had a great you time. You but it's I will say this: I thought of this too. At the same time, we as fans, I think, make too big of a deal of it because comparing this to Guns N' Roses, for example, like I didn't see the same like you know brotherhood on stage with Guns N' Roses. I feel that was as visual or as visible as I did with Dokken last night. But you know what? At least Axel's vocals sound amazing. So, like, what's really more important at the end of the day? It's kind of obvious, but it's that, that every member sounds kick-ass. Like, you know, whether Axel goes up there and hugs Slash or not, if they sound great, it's kind of not, you know, front and center. And uh, for this show, like, to be honest, I would have taken, you know, if Don Dawkins' vocals sounded a little better, to them, you know, having Fair. those loving moments on stage as great as they were. Hey, fan is short for fanatical. So this is why we we are fans. This is why we have this podcast. So uh, please get home safe, uh, and we will do another show uh, soon. Otherwise, uh, John did a pretty good job today. So he may be taking over. Thanks, guys. Yeah, John did that, <laughs> man. He'd definitely be the villain when I'm not there. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, Ian. I'm glad we were able to talk a little bit today. And uh, we'll talk soon. And, um, yeah, just get home safe. See you, Ian. All right. See you, man. Later, buddy. Bye. He brings up a pretty good point about, uh, you know, whether or not we think that Axel and Slash are getting along on stage. If you go back and look at... I was giving you the five minutes uh, uh, signal. Okay. That's yeah. see, that's your non-radio professional. <laughs> you came in with headphones. We complimented you. I'm like, all right, now I can give him a signal that I want to give him like a five-minute okay. countdown. And almost two hours into it, there's your one flub. <laughs> so, so you say, You're fired. Like, what? What? You want me to stop? Oh no! Um, was, all right, that's I could see. I gave you the Tina Turner stop in the name of love thing. No, no, five minutes. All right. No, but and we get to keep that in. By the way, the awkwardness. It, it, totally. If you if you go back and look at the old footage. There's no difference with how they behave no, on no. stage at all, and, and and all these are expectations that people wish and want to have. It's it's it's, it's all the it's all the uh, it's unfair. I mean, it's it's assumptions that the people have. Um, I know. No, you're you right. Know. And they've had their moments. There are clips up there. Uh, there's actually someone to be a gif of it if you're on Facebook uh-huh. of of Axel going up to Slash in the recent tour of him kind of like poking him in, in, the, yeah. in the love handles or whatever while he's doing a solo mm-hmm. or whatever. So, no, it's, it's great, and that's why we're fans. I mean, um, I think as, as hardcore fans, and you seem to be cut from the same cloth as Ian and I, uh, that we're hardcore, we're, we're smart about it, we're nerdy about it, but we're not arrogant about it, and we understand that these are people. Uh, we have our fantasies, but we understand that there are fantasies, and they somehow end up in our dreams at, at times. Uh, but we get it, and I, I do get it, and I'll always have maybe, you know, my... To not to do list, but some sort of like checklist of what I hope happen. You know, I, I hope they get back together with Izzy. I hope they get back together with Steven. I mean, I love Frank, I love Richard, but there's a, a dream. And but I'm happy with what I got now. I'm happy with uh, with Axel DC. And this is just out of all the years uh, that GNR was, um, you know, Chinese democracy not coming out and just uh, Axel running, uh, you know, leaving the concerts early, coming on late. We're living in a good time. Uh, right now, at least in our mm-hmm. world, 
with everything, all the shit that's going on, as Ian just mentioned, everyone's sick of the bullshit, uh, you know, from everything that's going on in our presidential race, the world's going to end, whatever. Uh, this is a good rock and roll world that we're living in. Right I'd now. say so. so. We'll, we'll leave on that note. So again, thank you, John. Um, thank I know you you're not me on. always active on social media, but is there a way people can still follow you, or if anything, they want to contribute to their your Axel Rose project? No, you're the only <laughs> you're the only director ever. <laughs> it says there's no plugs. I love it. So whatever, if you want to somehow reach out to John, reach out through us, yeah. and we'll relay the message. I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. But, uh, <laughs> John, I mean, oh John Miller, just do a search for that. <laughs> That's not a common name at all. So no, just, no, exactly. Right. So just uh, yeah. reach out to us. We really appreciate you listening to uh, episode uh, eight of Appetite for Distortion. Uh, you can, of course, always follow us on Twitter and Facebook, both at the AFD Show. Uh, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Uh, leave us a review. The higher we get in the rankings, that means the more that we can do. Uh, hopefully we get you know, more uh, interviews, uh, more higher, higher profile interviews. Uh, so we, we're your voice, you're our voice. It's all cyclical here. It's one giant circle jerk. See, I want to end the that. Uh, yeah. So uh, until next time, in the words of uh, Axel Rose, uh, once he said to a uh, Kurt Loader about Chinese democracy, whether we'll see it in regards to the next podcast. Uh, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. You've been listening to the distorted minds of Brando and Scotto, dissecting all things Guns and Roses on Appetite for Distortion. Follow the guys on Twitter at The AFD Show and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The AFD Show. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.